3: Another case of stinky cheese in prime time. The cheese curds go down in Minnesota. Welcome in the beginning of the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere. The vast Fox Sports Radio Network emanating live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance Just visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So Sunday night, a week ago, the Vikings played the Bears in the Sunday night game. And Kirk Cousins, for most of that game, looked like garbage. In this game against the Green Bay Packers, Cousins looked much better. He had three touchdown passes and threw the ball a bunch. He had 340 yards passing. You saw the game. You know that Minnesota... Was victorious over the Packers and and Cousins had his way with the Packers secondary. What what is left of the Green Bay Packers secondary? But there were plenty of opportunities for the Green Bay Packers on this particular night to make magic. It didn't have there was no magic for Aaron Rodgers. So it was a rebound week for Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. They are six four and one, right in the thick of the NFC playoff race. In fact, right now the Vikings are the fifth seed in the NFC. They would play the Cowboys on Wild Card Weekend. Tell me that wouldn't excite you. Vikings and Cowboys on Wild Card Weekend. That would be the matchup. Of course, there's a million games to go before then, but the better story, as it often is, is in the losing locker room where the Green Bay Packers, the community-owned, you might have a stock option with the Green Bay Packers. They're 6 and one currently the 10th seed in the NFC which would not be a problem if only they didn't allow only 6 to get in so that they got some uh, some problems there in Wisconsin and Aaron Rodgers I know he's god I know he's Jesus wasn't good okay if you take the name Aaron Rodgers away and you look at the numbers that Rodgers put up and just the way the game went You would say, look, the Packers went out and got Jay Cutler. Wow, that's a Jay Cutler performance. Now, Rodgers completed about 60% of his passes. He had less than 200 yards passing. A touchdown, sacked four times. The quarterback rating was not terrible. It was not horrifically bad. It was 94. Green Bay on third down had plenty of opportunities. They were just two of 10. On third down against the Vikings defense and 51 offensive plays, the Vikings controlled the football, and Green Bay only had 254 total yards in this game. So those are the numbers. Those are the raw numbers, but there's more than just the numbers to discuss. So what are the big takeaways? Let's talk about this. The big takeaways from the Minnesota Vikings win over the Packers. Now I've got the bounce, the dog food, and the eulogy. And we will combine all these things together. Now, we begin with the fact that uh, Aaron Rodgers is the Golden Boy. And anytime you take a shot at the Golden Boy, there are alarms that are signaling and lights go up and fireworks and all that. But if I, if I remember correctly, the Green Bay Packers made a big to do. They had to extend Aaron Rodgers a couple of years before his contract was up. And the expectation was that this would pay off tremendously that the dividends that Aaron Rodgers was going to give the Green Bay Packers were going to be tenfold so the Packers did not have to give Rodgers a new contract he is having and i don't even really think it's a, it's up for debate here his worst season as a starting quarterback in the NFL, and no one will say it. It's the thing in the room that no one wants to talk about because he's Aaron Rodgers, and everyone's afraid to criticize Aaron Rodgers. We can't do it. He's the golden boy. He's the chosen one. He's the greatest of them all. God forbid you point out the frailties of Aaron Rodgers. Right? He's the Teflon (laughs) Don. Of the pack attack. It's never his fault. It's McCarthy's a boob. It's the defense isn't good enough. It's the skilled players. It's always passing the buck. It's never Aaron Rodgers' fault. We've done it as well. Is McCarthy going to keep his job? Of course not. Does that mean that Aaron Rodgers has gotten the most out of his ability this year? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We can continue to play the deflect game and all this. If you've watched the Green Bay Packers play, and how could you avoid them? They're in prime time seemingly every other week lately. You saw more of the same. Aaron Rodgers missing wide open receivers for touchdowns, bouncing short passes, as we often point out. The bounce pass, wonderfully effective in professional basketball, not in professional football. It, I've yet to see a quarterback succeed throwing the bounce pass in the NFL. This was a disgraceful performance. The, the, the simple things that Rodgers seemingly never avoided as far as you know, key throws, he always made the key throws, getting out of the pocket, escaping pressure in the pocket, things that Aaron Rodgers had become known for, he's not doing with the same regularity. You know who I blame? Danica Patrick. That's who I blame. It's her fault. Got to blame a woman. Got to do it. It's Danica's fault. Uh, no, but listen, in all seriously, uh, seriousness, uh, if, if you look at, at the Packers situation here and if you look at Aaron Rodgers and the, the missed opportunities here, uh, you know, again, you take the name away, that was Jay Cutler, that was Eli Manning, that was Inconsistently. Uh, in, inconsistent performances from Rodgers in this game and in past couple games. Uh, and it's been that way most of the season where the numbers overall don't look horrifically bad. In some areas, Aaron Rodgers statistically is not that far off where he has been. But this is not all on Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is going to end up losing his job. But you can set things up if you're the Green Bay Packer coaching staff. You can lead the old horse to water, but you can't force the horse to drink the, ro- the water, and Rodgers is and has been, this season in particular, overrated. Overrated. Last four weeks, he was 25th in completion percentage. Chris Collinsworth and the defenders of Rodgers, well, it's not his fault. He's throwing passes away. Did he throw the pass away that would have been a touchdown in this game? Was that a throwaway pass? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was. I mean, I, I, what are we supposed to do here? What are we are we c- going to continue to blame everyone else other than Rogers? What about the body language? Now, as you know, being in Sports Talk Radio, we have to be experts. We must be experts on body language. And I noticed the body language, the slouching of the shoulders, the crossing of the arms, the posture of someone who is at his wits' end. Right, you can just uh, those little mannerisms, little mannerisms that Aaron Rodgers is doing that indicate uh he's he's very angry. He's angry with everyone else, but of course you could also say he should look at the mirror mirror on the wall for his performance. Now in addition to Rodgers being poor and he certainly was in the Sunday night game, the the imperfections of the Packers overall continue to show up. Rodgers not converting on plays that are right there, open receivers, throwing the ball where it's not supposed to go. The roster clearly is not great. And the, the whole game plan here, the suggestion by the Packer brain trust was that Aaron Rodgers is going to make mortal players superhuman players, and that is not happening. And so they'll make a bunch of changes and... Green Bay, they're 0-6, I believe, now on the road. they got two games left away from Wisconsin at the Bears, and they play the Jets away from Lambeau. That's it. So at best, if everything goes right and the Packers can upset the Bears and then they beat the Jets, they'll be 2-6 and six on the road. But it, it, it has been a dog food situation when they go on the road. That has been their death sentence and their comeuppance on the road and it, it's you say, well, if, if only this guy catches the punt, or that, you know, each game there's a different fall guy that you can point to and say that's the reason. But it's real, I mean, and that's what that's a, that definition of a bad team, right? That's a fraudulent team. So let's stop trying to pretend like the Green Bay Packers are this good team. You are what your record says you are, and unless I'm misinformed, this is a bad team. It's a losing team. It's a team that is not going anywhere. And Aaron Rodgers is going to come back next year, a year older, and I know everyone, the the rules are set up now, the quarterbacks get better and better like a fine wine as they age. It's not going to go for everybody. And how do you know for sure that Aaron Rodgers is going to be one of those guys that continues to throw darts when he's 37, 38 years old, 39 years old. Now the last observation, right? it's always, as I said, someone else's fault. It's never Aaron Rodgers' fault. He's the miracle worker. He's the savior of the Packers, and you blame McCarthy, you blame the other players. And it's like Rodgers is protected by this firewall, and it's got to be great. It's got to be protected from criticism. Uh, And finally, people are starting to come around. Now, I'm very happy that weeks ago, we gave the eulogy for the Green Bay Packers. We had them out of the playoffs several weeks ago. I believe after they lost to the Rams, we said that they were not making the playoffs. And people were blown away by that. It was, oh, it's just a goofy overnight guy. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just being Captain Knee Jerk. No, no. We were right. Absolutely correct. Now, finally, the rest of the NFL is figuring things out. Which, you know, took them a couple of weeks. So they're a little slow. A little behind where, where we are on this. On the pulse of what's happening in the NFL. Well, let's hear from some of the combatants in this game. First, we'll, we'll hear from Aaron Rodgers, the very mediocre performance by Aaron Rodgers here, who was asked about whether or not the Green Bay Packers can actually see the light at the end of the road for the postseason.
4: It seemed like that in 16 as well. Nobody thought we could do it. And then we came together in Philly, got the job done, came home, beat Houston, beat Seattle, went on the road and beat Chicago. Came back home, beat Minnesota. We're on the road, beat Detroit. You know, we've done it before. Yeah.
3: You want to bet a million dollars it doesn't happen again? A million dollars? Come on. I'll crowdfund it. I'll get a million bucks. I'll I'll generate a million bucks. My crowdfunded million bucks versus your million bucks. The Packers making the playoffs in the year 2018. And And – the argument is, well, they all, all these games ahead outside of the trip to Chicago for the Packers are all winnable games. And anytime you have Aaron Rodgers, you can go anywhere and win, except against the Rams, Patriots, Seahawks, and Vikings, who all beat Aaron Rodgers in the last four road games. Might I add the Detroit Lions, that a very imposing Lions team. Was able to beat Aaron Rodgers. How about the Washington Redskins? They beat Aaron Rodgers also. So, come on. It's illogical to think that the Cardinals, who the Packers play this coming week, that the Cardinals at Lambeau have any chance in that game. But the Falcons and Packers the week after that, they're about the same team. Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, about the same. Neither one of those teams is playoff worthy. Lose that. So, hey, I mean, you say even if they win out though. I mean, you say, well, if they win out, they win the rest of their games and all that. That gets you to 9. That should not be enough to get to the postseason. And they will screw it up. They will they have two road games left. They'll probably lose both of them. They'll eff it up. Here's Mike McCarthy who is robotic the way he addresses the Packers' situation.
6: The amount of adversity we handle tonight, there's things to take away from this game that we can build on moving forward. But as a coach, you feel like you didn't give your guys enough, and I'm pleased with the way they fought. You know, they, they had guys going in the locker room, getting x rays, coming back out. We had a number of guys, so they pushed through tonight. <laughs>
3: All right, so just again, now, what's, what's McCarthy going to say, right? The, the Packers have lost four of their last five games. The roster was, was changed around. They. Move the, the, ch- the chairs on the Titanic and they said, okay, we're going to change everything around. The only thing the Packer front office didn't do was change the head coach. Right? They changed everything around Aaron Rodgers as much as they possibly could. So the only logical conclusion is the other move to be made would be to get rid of Mike McCarthy. But here's McCarthy on the state of the Packers.
6: This is where we are. And we have six losses and one tie. (laughs) We need to get home and and beat the Arizona Cardinals. That's the facts of the matter. That's the job at hand. That's what's in front of us. You know, we're about winning football games. What? We didn't do enough. You know, I didn't do enough. You know, I need to coach better. And uh, I'm proud of the way the guys battled. You know, we didn't have enough tonight.
3: (laughs) Packers are all about winning football games, except they've lost more than they've won this year. So that's uh, very impressive. All right, spam out of the show on Fox. We'll say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia.
6: Hello, Big Ben. Hello. Not very pleased uh, as a Steelers fan. My team losing to Coops Broncos, that was not fun. However, I, I did see another video of our most famous listener to the show. I don't know if you saw this, who was at the game.
3: Parker the Snow Parker Dog? the
6: Snow Dog, yeah. who was in one of the rejoins for CBS Sports during that game, uh, oh. yeah, another good day for Parker the Snow Dog, who uh, again, the most famous listener to the Ben Maller Show, is a dog.
3: What? Parker the Snow dog is on television more than John Elway is on television. It's it, yeah, I would say no. so. I would no. say so.
6: At least uh, there's it's a it's a push maybe. The, the glasses, close.
3: the look, it's always a good look with Parker. It's he doesn't look better than Elway if we're being honest about it. Well, yeah. I always mean, Elway's had a tougher life than the dog. The dog's had a better life. The dog is pampered for, taken clearly, care of, clearly. Wh- whatever Parker needs. We almost met Parker <laughs> the Snow Dog, but we, I guess the... He's too big for us. Well, he was going to come in here and we're going to hang out with him, but it didn't quite work out.
6: Well, this video goes on forever. He's, he's in the CBS production truck.
3: Yeah.
6: It's a, it's a hell of a life for Parker the Snow Dog. So
3: Parker is properly trained not to... I would assume I would assume so. Yeah. The problem yeah. Parker decided it's time to go in the CBS production truck. That would that would throw a monkey wrench into the planes there for the broadcast. But uh, yes. Anyway, we are here. We're yapped the, the How night was your Thanksgiving, away. guys? Oh hey, there's Roberto. Look How at are you that guys doing? right there. well Roberto you know, as you know, uh, some oh, we of were us, here. some of us were here. Some mine was, mine was fantastic. Thank, <laughs> thanks for asking. <laughs> You're welcome. Doing God's work here doing radio. Very important stuff. That the, we were
7: well, doing. with faulty equipment still. As you know, the hybrid one still doesn't work, Big Ben. It does out.
3: not work. Well, that's because since we left, none of the corporate people have been here. They don't come in until later. Think about that. Right? It, We've yeah. Done, uh, the two, um, and that microphone this.
7: where you are at, Eddie, that. That died. Yeah, it died as well.
6: I was gonna say, I think they replaced uh, this mic stand with Ben's old mic stand because it uh, it is—it could use some enhancement.
4: Yeah, they grabbed that microphone from another studio. Unbelievable! I'm sure you just (laughs) just shuffle,
6: just shuffle it around. Yeah, you don't need to replace and fix things. Just move it from one place to the other. They can't, they can't come in. Makes a lot
3: of sense during the holidays. You take some tape and you get a pocket knife. You're good to go. A little little glue. I I may have to put like a box under it or (laughs) like hold it. Yeah. Don't complain about the. I never complain about the. No, no, so you, you don't. Not I will follow
6: your example of uh, just battling through.
3: Yes, you never complain because you know they love You're listening to the Ben Maller Show on yeah. Fox Sports Radio. We will take your call. So eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. If you'd like to be part of the show, and we're also on Twitter at Ben Maller. That's at Ben Maller, and you can be part of it that way as well. We'll call this one Holy Chubby Checkers. We'll get to that and we will do it next. On the
6: Ben Maller Show, we specialize in sarcasm, snark, and satire. All things needed to survive the shady late night characters on Twitter. Let your thoughts be heard by the masses under the cover of the microblogging website and follow your host, Ben Maller, on Twitter. He is at Ben Maller. And you can tweet at and follow me, Eddie Garcia, your Humble sidekick, the voice of reason. I'm at Eddie on Fox. Hey, Amanda, what's (laughs) up? And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio
3: studios, it's Ben Maller. So I got an email over the weekend, and it said the headline on the email was, No offense. So I opened the email, and it was a very lengthy email, and it announced that despite my listenership to the show over the years, I will... Uh, no longer be listening. Good luck with everything. The radio keeps getting worse. Uh, people on your show act like real jerks. It's real negative energy. So I am effing going elsewhere. You want to take a guess who sent that email? Is he on hold? I Is would
6: it? say Weedman Hippie, but I don't think nah, he has a computer nah, to send an email. email. Well, he's
3: got a, he's got the Obama phone, so he sends the. That's how he calls us, the Obama phone. Yeah. But no, it's not Weedman. Uh, was it Blind Scott? Ding, 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 ding. Let's go now to Boston, the north end of Boston, a man who resigned two days ago in a very long email announcing that he is no longer going to be part of our show. That was
6: shorter than his rehab.
3: Uh, Blind Scott. I, I responded. I said, thank you for your listenership. I'll let the militia know you're quitting the show. You wouldn't even give me the opportunity to tell people you're quitting the show, Blind Scott. You're already back. What's up? Oh, the phone's still aren't working, Getty. Only the bottom hey, bank hey, is can working. Can you hear me? Oh, I'm yeah. right here. The equipment. Don't worry, the equipment. This is another thing that broke the other day yeah. that you still haven't fixed.
8: Can you hear me right
3: now? No, I can't hear you at all. Oh. You know, yeah. oh, you're, you're not on the
8: air. Dude, I had to, I had a good weekend, man. I the Patriots won. They beat Tony Michelle and I, I was having a rough time, you know, my family only invited me to Thanksgiving cuz there was people that I offended that weren't going to be there. And then I, you know, Kramer, he, he I got to put another application. Kramer don't want to work in the rain anymore. So I got to get on the dog. And then I had to quit my church over the weekend. I might have to get a lawyer over that because all the members stand at the door and they try to hold me back, but you know, I considered quitting the show, but I realized I just got to humble myself and, you know, get rid of my ego because I've been with the show for so long, so I'm the man, so I think I'm just taking my name out of caller of the year race, and I'm just going to be a regular guy, so I can stop thinking I'm the best caller ever, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm in Twitter jail right now, but you know, I'm doing I'm doing a lot better, though, I, I like you guys on the show, you guys are my best friends, and I bought some Canada Goose stock over the weekend, so I'd appreciate everybody went out and bought like four Canada Goose jackets after work, you know what I'm saying? Wait, 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 Dude,
3: wait, 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 I'm trying to wrap my head around this visual of you trying to get into a church and the patrons of the church blocking you from getting in, a, a blind person with his dog Kramer. This is just the most amazing visual. I know you're blind, you can't understand, but I'm telling you, Blind Scott, the idea you, that like they, there'd be a wall in front of the
8: church to keep you and your dog Kramer out is amazing. Yeah, there's these old old Yankees there, and they don't they say they don't want dogs in their church. And these people are Harvard educated, the ministers, and they hide out immigrants in there that don't want to pay the seven grand for citizenship, and they're eligible to pay for it, but they don't want the blind guy in the church. My mom said we should file complaints against the ADA, but you know I went there because. One, they had free meals, which really wasn 't that good. Two, I thought I was going to help myself, and three, there was a couple hot babes that were there, too, but I guess they're married to these old men that are like forty years old than them you know so you know I thought that was all going to be good, so what, what ended up coming out of this is I reconciled with one of my old girlfriends, and you know i 've been up seeing her and we 're doing good, and we 're not fighting now, you know what I mean, and uh, nobody's you know jumping through the door saying, like, this is my girlfriend, you know, so that's good. And, I, you know, I'm not going to go to church anymore. And, you know, my dad's really happy about that because he don't like church either. And Everybody's like, I told you so, you know what I mean? So... You know, I just keep, I keep reliving all these things. But here's the thing: I'm staying sober. I'm staying in recovery. It's not easy. I'm doing a thousand push-ups a day. i you know, I was going to like three meetings a day too. I'm doing my meetings online now. You know, I go to like three meetings a week. I was going to these meetings with all these crazy people, and they were like trying to pet my dog and acting yeah. all crazy to me. And yeah. I'm telling them off and everything. But did, one did, thing did, that's you ever, more,
3: did you ever think that you might be the crazy person? Did you ever think that it might be you? Oh yeah, no,
8: not really that much because uh, everybody says like I'm like a really great guy and I'm outstanding. So really? then I Who got fired that? from this. I got fired from this job. I hadn't even started yet. You know what I mean? I'm. I'm, I'm di- I, I love to work. I interviewed at some company and the guy told me they had no braille key set up and I told him to go f off. You know what good. I mean? The yeah. fire. It's, like, it's a good idea. Uh, it's you re- know, reasonable. My, yeah. Sure. there's so many failures I have they start becoming successes you know what I'm saying but I am I am moving to Beacon Hill so that's gonna be good and I can rent my place out for like three grand a month so I'm rebuilding my Berto.
3: see now I'm gonna get a nasty email from he's blind
1: Scott the, Isn't it,
3: the phone call's never gonna stop man there's a lot going on in his life there's a lot of stuff going on <laughs> I don't even believe that blind Scott has a substance abuse issue I think he's just got an anger issue. Like he just, I think he's fine with the booze and the weed and all that stuff. He just he's just an the, angry yeah. guy, man. My man Blind Scott, he's, uh, he's very upset. Think of that lawsuit that he could file against the church, though. Wouldn't that be wonderful? My goodness. A lot of money there with the church, you know? Yes. Uh, I, that's what I'm told. Uh, Cardiac Stanley writes in. He says, what's going on with all the equipment there in the studio? Uh, you misspelled there, Cardiac Stanley. Bad job by you. Oh, Tom Looney. Says Car- uh, Colin Cowherd and most certainly Steve Harvey oh, would never have to deal with faulty equipment. Isn't, oh, nothing. Isn't there a twenty-four hour Radio Shack somewhere? That's from cardiac. Well, I don't then, think there are actually. Didn't, didn't they all close? Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think so. It doesn't exist anymore. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I used to love Radio Shack.
7: You know, cool. I like Circuit cool. City.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, but Radio Shack was cool, man. And, but yeah. They always had like weird robots at Radio Shack. It's <laughs> my memory of going to Radio Shack when I was a kid. But they—they're not around anymore. They're all gone, right? They—they went the way of Blockbuster Video. There yep. was that one Blockbuster Video that was still open in Oregon.
6: Oh, I saw one in Philadelphia.
3: Yeah, but when I, think, I was there a few I think years that back, that one's
6: gone. I think it might be. I think,
3: yeah. Yeah, I think there's, there was one in Oregon. That was a spot to be on Friday nights, man. Blockbuster Video. Yes, yeah, so all is going. All the fun was going on. Uh, we'll get to that holy chubby checker story. And We have a list, a Mallor show list. Right here. I'll get to all that. Right now, though, from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, Eddie Garcia to enlighten you.
6: Well, Let's give you the happenings from Week 12 in the NFL. Sunday night, it was the Vikings over the Packers 24-17 in a big NFC North clash. Minnesota now 6-4-1 with that win holding on to one of the wildcard spots in the NFC. Quarterback Kirk Cousins in the win had 342 yards passing and three scores. Green Bay now 4-6-1 on the year, including 0-6 now away from home. In the late action, Broncos beat the Steelers 24-17 Pittsburgh at four turnovers. to see their six-game winning streak snapped as they fall to 7-3-1 and on the year. Chargers improved to eight and three with a 45-10 win over the Cardinals. Quarterback Phillip Rivers completed his first 25 passes of the game, finished 38 of 39, three touchdowns as the uh, Chargers getting that win, to pr- again, approved to 8-3. Colts over the Dolphins, 27-24. Andrew Luck, three touchdown passes, eighth straight game with three or more touchdown passes, and the Colts have won five straight. They're 6-5 on the year. Early action, Browns snap a 25-game road, losing streak, beating the Bengals 35-20. Baker Mayfield, four touchdown passes in that win. Seahawks on a late field goal, edged the Panthers on the road 30-27, and the Eagles on a late field goal, beat the Giants 25 222. Patriots are 8-3 after beating the Jets 27-13. Tom Brady, 283 yards, two touchdown passes. He passes Peyton Manning for the all-time leader in passing yardage in NFL history. Ravens over the Raiders, 34-17. Baltimore now 6-5, holding onto a wild card spot in the AFC. They're 2-0 with Lamar Jackson as their starting quarterback. Bills beat the Jaguars 24-21. Jacksonville's now lost seven in a row, and the Buccaneers beat the 49ers 27-9. San Francisco 0-6 on the road this season. This support is brought to you by TrueCar Online Car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying. Experience So Ben, there was all the scores and some notes from each game. And now you check what was the big injury news from Week 12 in the NFL. Well, Chargers running back Melvin Gordon suffered an MCL strain to his right knee. He'll be evaluated further on Monday. But the early outlook is he'll miss some time. They hope not the rest of the season. But it's very unlikely he'll play in the Sunday night game in Pittsburgh next week but we'll see about the further evaluation. And quarterback Andy Dalton of the Bengals left the loss against the Browns with a right thumb injury, didn't return. Head coach Marvin Lewis said the initial test showed no long-term damage, but he wasn't sure if Dalton will be able to play next week or not. Bengals are now 5-6 and six on the year.
3: All right, thank you for that. It is the Ben Maller Show as we yap the night away here, the morning away on Fox Sports Radio. From the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Just visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So in the Sunday night game, the Minnesota Vikings have cranked it up a couple of notches after the first touchdown of the game for the Vikings. What did they do? They had a special touchdown celebration. Adam Thielen was used as a human limbo bar. Did you see? I was watching it. I loved it. This is great. The Vikings, one thing they're great at, the the post touchdown celebration and right there was it was just magical it was uh Dal- Dalvin Cook scored on a little swing pass he goes into the end zone for the first score to tie the game up with the point after touchdown uh, at that point it was seven to six but then they huddle up in the end zone and right away Adam Thielen realizes I'm the limbo bar and then they start three Viking players in a row go under the limbo bar it was awesome it was Chubby Checkers bringing it back. The Limbo Touchdown Celebration. And it uh, was just great job by the Vikings. They deserve to win that game on the Limbo Celebration alone. So, yeah. Hello, I, I can go really low. I can go lower than all you guys on the show. Did you see that number 75, the big fat guy, the offensive lineman for the Vikings. He was the last guy through the Limbo. Yeah, I can go lower than him, too. I would dominate I'd, you that's guys. A lie. Uh, you'd have no chance.
6: No chance. Would you, like, crawl underneath on your hands and no, knees? i go like this.
3: Put my back. Go like that. Oh, Arms please. out. Extended. Limbo! <laughs> Limbo! That's what I do. Just like that. Just got to do it. So where does this rank now? We need to put this in the proper context because there's one thing people love to listen to is lists on the radio. So I have a list here. I have the limbo in the top three Viking touchdown dance celebrations. Are you ready for the unofficial Ben Maller Show Viking touchdown celebration list? Hold on. Let me sit down. All right. Here we go. All right. I'm ready. All right. Number, let's see. I got to give you this. I got five, so I'll give you the top five. Uh, the dead arm dance. Remember the dead arm dance? No. No. Forgot about that one. It Demonstrate for us. Uh, Eddie, demonstrate it, Big Ben. You did the limbo. Yeah, Why did, not the dead well, arm I'm dance? I'm doing the dead arm dance like this. All right, again. now describe it. No. <laughs> right. That's number five. I don't have time to describe it. Number four, the Thanksgiving list. dinner. When they were all they were passing the the stuffing and the, the turkey at the Thanksgiving dinner, that the round the table, that was number four. Number three is the limbo. Number two, and this was where it got tough. Number two, leapfrog, solid. Right, who doesn't love Leapfrog? And then number number one touchdown celebration for the Vikings. Number one, duck duck goose. Sometimes called duck duck gray goose, but I'm calling duck duck goose. That's I think Maurice number Claret one.
6: called it duck duck gray goose.
3: Now, I, some it depends. It's a regional thing, Eddie. But where I grew up, it was duck duck goose. So that's what I call it, duck duck goose. But that's number one. So number one, duck duck goose. Number two, leapfrog. Number three, limbo. There you go. Did you have a list, Eddie? Did you no. prepare a list? No, I did not. You did not do a list? No, I,
6: I didn't really care for your list, but my I, list was I, did, great. I did enjoy the Limbo song quite a bit. I may, yeah, have, to down, I may have to download that on my phone.
3: It's, a, it's a chubby it makes me
6: checker, happy when I hear Checker's. Chubby Checker.
3: Really? I didn't know that. It's a legend.
6: Chubby right Checker. Yeah, back really? in the day.
3: Wow. Yeah. Made me happy. Now, who's had, who can compete? The Steelers have had some good dances. I liked when they were doing the bench press. Yep. That was pretty good. Yep. Uh, that was a solid dance by the Steelers. Uh, what else did they have? They had a couple other ones I forget. Well, the Chiefs had the potato sack race. Didn't the Chiefs do the potato sack race? That was pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, i trying to think of what else here. It's It was kind of like a down down year well, up until every, the last couple of weeks. Everyone is
6: now doing the, the selfie pose, right? Yeah, they all run to the end yeah. zone and do the pose for the camera.
3: Well, the Lions, you weren't here, but no, it was the Bears. Uh, they did a tribute to Motown. In the Bears game with the Lions, and that was great. They had uh, singing and choreography. They had line dancers behind. It was really well done, the Bears on Thanksgiving Day. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, listen, the the Vikings, they, they overall, their body of work, that's worthy of a Lombardi. The Vikings have spent so much time preparing with, oh, you know, duck, duck, goose, leapfrog, limbo, Thanksgiving dinner, the dead arm dance. These are original. These are fun. These are great. I like it. I enjoy <laughs> <laughs> uh, it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a clip here just to refresh my memory of the leapfrog dance. That was against the Redskins when they did the, the leapfrog dance. Which was uh, which was great. I enjoyed that a lot. And it's even funnier when you go back and look at it. And that was last December, so it's been almost a year since they did the Leap Frog name. It's great getting porn, I'm telling you. Yeah. All right, it's so the Ben Maller Show on Fox. Let's go to Randy in Norman, Oklahoma. One-hit wonder, Randy, is on Fox Sports Radio. Hello, Randy.
9: Hello, yes, sir. How are you?
3: Now, Randy, you know that's that's not a great question to ask. And you know, I know it's everyone asks me how I'm doing, but you know, I'll let you know if I'm not doing okay. All right, you know. No,
9: you know. I enjoy your show. I enjoy your crew. You got a good staff.
3: Yeah, you're big fans of their work. I come, com- com- Kobu
9: or Komoto. Yeah. Yeah, that was me.
3: Well, really? I thought it was somebody else. I thought that I didn't know that was you. I thought it was some cryptic message from the other side or something like that. Yeah.
9: No, I, I think the last time I called, I may have fallen asleep during the call because I called back. Yeah. And I talked to Eddie, and he said, "Randy, you were on the air."
3: Yeah, that we I didn't we, talk yeah. to me. We, no, you didn't talk to me. But we determined that was your greatest call since your original call. That the call that you were sleeping through. We felt was your greatest work since the opening call.
9: Well, I mean, sometimes you got to stay on hold for a little while. So yeah. uh, it does know, happen. I'm, it I'm,
3: does happen. It's a network show. There's a lot of people for some reason I don't know why that want to gun on the air. Uh, occasionally, you have to stay on hold. I understand that, and I appreciate your dedication uh, to staying on hold. Can you? How about this? Once a week, can you fall asleep for the show? Because I think that would be good for the show if we could have that kind of. Well, you kind of want to <laughs> no, just fall asleep on
9: a, the show.
3: No, you're not going to do that.
9: No, I mean, uh, yeah. uh, if you asked me to, I would, but uh, yeah, okay, I'd like to be a good caller. That's all.
3: See, so you now, what, what makes a good call? See, that's an interesting question. What makes a good talk radio call?
9: Okay, well, I'll tell you this, uh, Michigan lost. And Oklahoma is going to get in the Final Four. It's going to be in the playoffs. If, I wish Notre Dame was lost, but uh, they didn't. But, I don't know. What makes a good caller? And there's no, no, a Mexican, no, Roberto.
3: Yeah, no, none of this call would qualify as a good call. Did he say Michigan lost or Mexican lost? No, I didn't <laughs> he said Michigan, say Michigan. Oh. Did, yeah. All right, thank you, Randy. It's a fine effort by you. Tremendous job. All right, we'll press on. Time now for the Who Am I game. And here we go. This is where I pretend to be somebody else. Steelers kicker Chris Boswell, a dual threat option. He became the first player to throw a touchdown and kick a field goal in the same game since me. Now, Pittsburgh lost, but Chris Boswell of the Steelers, dual threat player, became the first player to throw a touchdown and kick a field goal. In the same game since me, who am I? The answer, next. Almost all talk shows sound the same
6: after a while. Think of us as a sports talk oasis from the mundane. The Ben Maller Show Facebook page is our own unique meeting place with over 2 billion of our closest friends, most of whom ignore us. Please take a second to like our page. Go to Facebook.com slash Ben Maller Show. And now live. From the Geico, Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Ben
3: Maller. We'll have the NBA pick 'em. We'll get to that coming up. The Who Am I game, though, right now Steelers kicker Chris Boswell, a dual threat player. Not typically a dual threat player, but on this day he was, even though Pittsburgh lost. He became the first player to throw a touchdown and kick a field goal in the same game. Since me, since me, who am I? That is the question. What is the answer? And the answer is flowing in. Uh, Let's see. Ernie is going with Tom Thesaurus. Looney as his answer. Mike from the LBC says George Blanda. Uh, Who else? Lamont's going with Dan Dumnik as his answer. Uh, Bobby Lane from Ken. George the Animal Steel from Rocky. Did you know I was in a WWE event with George the Animal Steel one time? Very nice. He passed away a couple years ago. Very, very nice. Quiet man. George Blanda, guest by the New York Bozo. Who else do we have? Page down, page down. Frito the Bandito from The Little Troller. (laughs) Donald Trump Doobie Toker from Stoner Marvin. Josh Scobie from Robin, Minnesota. Lenny and Squiggy from Harry Pothead. Blind Willie says, who is Johnny Five is the answer. Eddie, do you have an answer, Eddie? Uh, Was it Doug Flutie? The great Doug Flutie. uh, (laughs) No, not Doug Flutie. The correct answer, it happened for the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe, back in 2012. David Akers. David Akers, the last to do it. Six years ago. Did the Eagles win that game in 2012? I don't know, but the Steelers did go down to those pesky Denver Broncos. And that leads us into the NBA Pick'em, where the Clippers rule the West number one in the entire Western Conference, the elite conference in the NBA, the Los Angeles Clippers, who Loop said last weekend the Lakers were going to pass the Clippers by the Clippers are ahead of the five all-star Golden State Warriors. Now I'm not being braggadocious, I'm merely reporting the news. (laughs) Boo. Who's got the
7: first pick? That would be Eddie Garcia. All right, oh,
6: Mr. NBA. Hurry up, Eddie. Let's go with um, Giannis Antetokounmpo.
7: The Greek freak is off the
3: board. Roberto. I'll go with the future Laker, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is gone. I will take James Harden. James Harden. Good. Kupaloop.
7: I'll go with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. All right. You can have your Rudy Gobert, and I will one-up you with... The Slim Reaper,
3: the Snake, Kevin Durant. Roberto, hurry up. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Eddie, the back-to-back.
6: I will take Kemba Walker and Nikola Buzovic. All right,
3: Roberto. Lamarcus Aldridge. All right, give me Chris Middleton of the box. Coop.
7: I will go with John Wall. Take your time, Coop. Don't mind the clock.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: It's the NFL's version of a brownout. Welcome in the beginning of another hour. It's the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere. The vast Fox Sports Radio Network emanating live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Just visit Geico.com for a free Ray Quote. Typically, the the Battle of Ohio does not factor high on our radar. If we were just doing the show for our friend Dick in Dayton that calls the last hour of the show, then quite possibly we would focus more on the Battle of Ohio. But the Browns and Bengals have not been very relevant for a good amount of time. Now, Cincinnati's been in the playoffs at times, but... Never taken all that seriously. So for us to talk about the Battle of Ohio, something unique had to happen. It did. And no, I'm not just talking about Baker Mayfield, who had four touchdown passes and the Browns ambushing the Bengals in Cincinnati. I'm not talking about that. Cleveland jumped out. They had a 28-0 lead. Congratulations. Then the Bengals finally scored. In the end, the Browns got an easy win, 35-20. to and they win the battle for the state of Ohio. They end that humiliating 25-game road-losing streak. We told you during Benny versus the Penny last week that the Browns were going to win this game, but it's only their fourth win of the year, and neither one of these teams likely will be anywhere by the time it's all uh, said and done. So there had to be something else, right? The story within the story, the human drama of sport. In this case, the bad blood between former Browns head coach Hugh Jackson and Baker Mayfield. Now, if you didn't watch this game, and chances are if you're not in Ohio, you did not watch this game, but the Browns and Bengals, if you missed it, Baker Mayfield following the game a very frosty, very cold, reception to his former head coach, Hugh Jackson, who's running around with a big smile on his face. Like, Hugh's the happiest guy in the world. Man, Hugh's like, you think about Hugh Jackson's place in the NFL. He's had a terrible time. He's the worst coach record-wise in the modern era of the NFL, and he's running around. He's got a big smile on his face. He's the happiest guy in the world. You'd think he'd be a big sourpuss, but he's not. And he's now working for the Bengals. He was brought in as an assistant to help out, a special assistant to help out Marvin Lewis. So after the game, Baker Mayfield gave Hugh Jackson the cold shoulder. The Browns had just put a you know, molly whopping on the Bengals. And Mayfield, he admitted that he is not happy. He's not happy with his former coach. The fact that Hugh Jackson took a job in the division this upset Baker Mayfield. It did. It upset him. I think we even have audio. Left Cleveland, goes down to Cincinnati. I don't know. That's just somebody that was in our locker room asking for us to play for him and then goes to a different team. We play twice a year. Everybody can have their spin on it, but that's how I feel. Uh, all right. So so that was uh, from, from Baker Mayfield. Hey, there you go. everybody can have their spin on it. Uh, that's how I feel. All right, so let's discuss. Now the toss-up question. You can only pick one side. Baker Mayfield or Hugh Jackson, whose side are you on? I am on the side of Hugh Jackson. I am riding with Hugh Jackson. Let me tell you what. All right. Now, I've got ice cream sandwiches, glass houses, and the Trojan horse. And we will tie all this together. Now, number one, Baker Mayfield, the word here, the adjective is unreasonable. Baker Mayfield is being unreasonable with his complaints. Hugh Jackson was fired. By the Browns. Now he was fired with cause. Hugh Jackson should have been let go a long time ago. But if Cleveland, as an organization, was so concerned about being haunted by Hugh Jackson, about losing the mind of Hugh Jackson and his football IQ, then guess what? They could have kept him. Uh, uh, They could have kept him, and and they didn't have to fire him. They could have waited the end of the year. They chose to fire him. Clearly, the front office in Cleveland was not concerned about any of this. And if I'm looking at this objectively, which I always do, of course, Hugh Jackson is a guy that wanted to stay in the action. He didn't need to do this. He was willing to take a demotion to keep working. And essentially, Hugh Jackson is working for no new money no new money. I know people in the radio business that get big payouts and they don't rush back to work. They take their sweet time. They go on vacation. They have a wonderful time. Uh, And I'm just not wired that way. I'm kind of like Hugh Jackson in that respect. We also have the same record. Uh, I want to get back. I want to work. I'm a worker. Hugh Jackson's a worker. I respect that about Hugh Jackson. It would have been very easy for Hugh Jackson to say, I'm a head coach now. I'm not going to be a special assistant to a to a head coach, I am going to sit there. I'm making millions of dollars from the Browns for the next couple years. But instead, Hugh Jackson's like, I know how this works. The longer you're out of the NFL, the less likely you are to get back in in this game of musical chairs. When you have an opportunity, you take the opportunity. So Hugh Jackson, for essentially no new money, he could have just collected the same amount of money he's getting on the sidelines, the Browns are paying him millions of dollars in severance. He said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back. Uh, I'm not going to sit there and eat ice cream sandwiches and cash those Browns checks. I am going to come back, and I'm going to get it done. And, and, and so I give him credit for that. Right? I mean, this is a not a great opportunity. The Bengals are not a wonderful situation. But he has friends there. He's buddies with Marvin Lewis. Ownership likes him. And there's nothing wrong with it. Right? It's, it's good. He wants to contribute rather than freeload. And so I, I understand why Baker Mayfield's all perturbed. But the ironic part of this, the second thing here, like Baker Mayfield and Hugh Jackson have a lot in common because Baker Mayfield pulled the Hugh Jackson thing before Hugh Jackson, but he did it in college football. And that's the part where people say they're pointing their finger at Baker Mayfield and say, hey, Baker, you're a hypocrite, Baker Mayfield. Let's go back in the hot tub time machine. Baker Mayfield, Rookie of the Year, or freshman at Texas Tech. He became the Red Raiders' starting quarterback. It was a surprise. He then left six months later to go to Oklahoma. Now, last I checked, the Sooners and Red Raiders are both in the Big 12 Conference. Now, Oklahoma is a better football school. Than Texas Tech, Baker Mayfield, it worked out well. He ended up winning the Heisman Trophy, playing in a bunch of big games, became the number one pick in the draft. But you can make the same arguments that Baker Mayfield is is making. You can make the same arguments against uh, him that he made against Hugh Jackson. right? The principles of changing schools, and that was, I think he left before the bowl game. I remember for Texas Tech, the year that he left, they were in a bowl game, and he took off. So the, the whole glass house reference comes up, right? Those who live in glass houses should not throw stones at those who don't. Now, someday the Browns will wash their hands with Baker Mayfield. The way he's going, it won't be anytime soon. But when Baker Mayfield, his time is up in Cleveland, does that mean he can't go play for the Steelers or the Ravens or the Bengals? Of course not. Of course not. He'll go. If that's the place that gives him the top opportunity, he'll go. When you are dumped, you are free to sign with anybody. Baker Mayfield was not alone in his angst of Hugh Jackson. Now, if you watched this game or saw the highlights, Demarius Randall, the free safety for Cleveland, he picked off a pass and actually gave up a few extra return yards because the opportunity struck in the second quarter – for the Browns, he picked off a pass and then he handed the ball to Hugh Jackson. <laughs> he said, Here you go, Hugh. Enjoy. He over on the Bengals sideline. And Jackson, he didn't treat it like a hand grenade. He calmly accepted the gift. He patted Randall on the head. He had a smile on his face. And then, yeah, that's funny. That's what grown ups do. Big smile, very happy. Good-natured shenanigans, but most of this was all good-natured shenanigans. Now, the last thing, uh, Hugh Jackson owes the Browns organization nothing, right? And the Browns owe Hugh Jackson nothing other than the money left on his contract. Hugh Jackson will forever be known as the worst coach in the modern era of the NFL. All coaches the rest of my lifetime that blow will be compared to Hugh Jackson all coaches that are hired and suck at their jobs, we will say, well, he's bad, but he's not Hugh Jackson bad. Uh, it could be worse. You could have Hugh Jackson with his 3 and one record with the Browns. And the front office was trying to lose. It was team tank. They were trying to lose. They did lose. But that stays on Hugh Jackson's resume Forever and ever and ever. And he got the pink slip. And that's it. The loyalty ends. There's nothing that Hugh Jackson now owes the Browns players. So I I understand the young guy thing. You know, you're young. You don't quite understand. But rather than be upset, I would think if Hugh Jackson is such a lousy coach, which his record indicates he is, that this should be a net positive. That. If you're the Browns, you now have an opportunity to finish ahead of the Bengals because Hugh Jackson going to Cincinnati is going to work as a Trojan horse. He's going to go into that Bengal locker room. He's such a terrible coach. He's got this this illness that follows him around. The Browns ought to be very pleased. He'll infect the entire Bengal locker room, and that's how that's going to go. So knock yourself out. And if Baker Mayfield loved Hugh Jackson so much, why didn't he play better for Hugh Jackson? Like the Baker Mayfield, the last couple of games, when when Hugh Jackson was coaching, Baker Mayfield was very mediocre. Now, some of that was Todd Haley also, but six games with Baker Mayfield under Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley, he completed 58% of his passes. He averaged 6.6 yards per pass play, and he had eight touchdowns, six interceptions. In the three games that Baker Mayfield's played since Hugh Jackson and, and Haley got let go Baker Mayfield's completed 73.9% of his passes. That's over 15% higher. He's averaged 8.8 yards, over two yards more per pass. He's got nine touchdowns in three games as opposed to eight in the first six games. And his passer rating is 129. And So all the numbers across the board are up, 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 and away for Baker Mayfield. It is the Ben Maller Show on Fox. We say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia.
6: Now, is, is Hugh still under contract with the Browns? He's still getting paid by the Browns, right?
3: Mm, yeah, I think it's 5 million and 5 million, so there's 10 million left. I believe that's how much So, he was.
6: needed permission from the Browns to take the job with the Bengals,
3: right? No, he didn't need permission. Whatever the Bengals are paying him comes out of what he's owed by the Browns. Oh, so the okay. Bra- the Bengals are paying him peanuts, they're paying him the bare minimum, and then that's coming out of what the Browns owe Hugh Jackson. So he's free to move around the country. No. Yeah. Or around the state of Ohio.
6: Now, do you think when the uh, player handed him the ball after the interception, was that uh, stick this in your trophy case, or was that like uh, was he trying to be nice to him? What was what was
3: that? Was that a a dig at him? No, that was clearly a dig. I'm going dig. Well, that's not a
6: surprise that you would go that you would go dig. Yeah,
3: it was a cheap shot. It's like, hey, there you go. You see, if you you should. Well, there there
6: were a lot of players though that were being friendly to him before the game. I don't know if that was being polite or not, but. there were a lot of backs, you know, back slapping yeah. and handshaking yeah, no, and all that
3: there, there was, I mean, but you know, he seems like a pretty good guy. He's not; he's a terrible coach, but he's a good guy. You'd like to have a beer with him, but you don't want him to coach your team. You want to keep him away from, from the X's and O's. Yeah, I would agree so, with that. Yeah. All right, so the Ben Maller show on Fox. You see, now I was advised last week by Weed Man Hippie to invest my money in Bitcoin. Hmm. Do you see now? It's fallen about. Eighty percent. No, I did I did not see since that. Since late but last I, year. Eighty percent by that. Yeah. Weedman, he invested all of his money in cryptocurrency. It's fallen the bitcoins down eighty percent. How about that?
6: That's insanity. So you're saying weed man does not give sound financial advice?
3: Well, what we know about Weedman is he was very wealthy, and he lost all of his money when the, st- the stock market crashed back in the day, right? That's the legend of Weedman Hippie, that he was living a very lavish lifestyle in New York, and he was playing Wall Street, and then back in the late 80s, the stock market went down, 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 down. They did their own limbo, the stock market, and that was the end of Weedman and and
7: so, yeah. no, so he doesn't- he, Oh, go ahead. I, I'm on. sorry. I was going to say he doesn't, doesn't learn his lesson, because I remember- after he bought the cryptocurrency, like maybe a week later, there was a big surge. And remember, he called up. He was stoked. He made like thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I tell and him? Do you remember what I told him? I, I told him to say. I told him off the air. I said, "We man, yeah. s- sell it. You know, cash in. You make your money." F you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I told him the same advice. I told him. I said, "Listen, here's what you do. Okay, you play it like I play uh, blackjack. All right. Here's what you do." You take your winnings, you start over. You reinvest your money, you start over with your profit. And then you're guaranteed a profit. You're guaranteed a profit on your investment. Did not listen. Would not listen. Wanted no part of my reasonable financial advice. So,
6: I was going to ask you and yeah. Coop uh, dabble in, in this. I do not, but it would seem... Like gambling, as you just said, it that- is legalized
3: gambling. Yes, right. It is legalized but,
6: but there is a, a smart way to do it, and he clearly, you know, he was the guy who won big on a hand and decided, ah, hey, let's go for it again.
3: Yeah, like my my advice on this, I I, I would rather invest in real estate because it's something tangible you can actually see and touch and all that, other, as opposed to the the stock. But I have some investments in the, in the Wall Street game in the in the stock market, and my advice is to never look at it. I have invested some money in it, but I never look at it. And someday I'll need it, and then I'll be either really surprised pleasantly or really surprised negatively. Uh, but I just kind of leave it alone. And the uh, the roller coaster ride of the investment game because you're gonna give yourself a heart attack. It's just not worth.
7: It. Yeah, and I mean, and that's that's good advice because when it when it comes to the stock market, you know, you're gonna have these these down, you know, these these bear markets and. But eventually, you wait long enough. If you don't need the money, if you wait long enough, it's gonna come back. If you're, you know, invested yeah. in like blue chip stocks, but cryptocurrency, not a blue chip stock. Yeah, it's no. I mean, there's chip. no. It's it's the great. It's the old west. You there's don't no know. profits that you're like investing in. There's no there's no revenue. It's just yeah. It's it's, it's a tough one. It's make believe. Well,
3: you could argue all of it's make believe, but yeah, I hear you. It's a it's a tough. Tough uh, racket. All right, anyways, the Ben Maller Show on Fox. I have held the fruitcake, but I've, oh boy. We'll press on here. We'll take your calls, 877-99 on Fox if you'd like to be part, 877-996-6369. We're also on Twitter, at Ben Maller. That's at Ben Maller. Some legendary callers lined up. We'll get to some of them. And we'll call this one Touchy Feely. We'll get to that, and we'll do it next. You can't
6: lick your own elbow, travel at light speed, or sneeze with your eyes open. However, you have the power to increase the audience of the Ben Maller Show. Tweet, Instagram, and Facebook post about the show. Don't be bashful. Tell your friends and family about our distinct program to help add new listeners like yourself. Now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it's Ben Maller.
3: We'll have Maller to the third degree coming up a little bit later. We'll also get to touchy-feely in a moment right now, though. To the phones, Jason in Ottawa is cashing a golden ticket, and he's on I've got a Fox golden Sports ticket. Radio. Got-
10: Benny, there, have the phones uh, befell you again?
3: No, I'm 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 actually outside smoking a pack of cigarettes. I'll be back in about ten <laughs> minutes, so give me a break, okay?
10: Uh, all right, yeah, you shouldn't do that. All right, well, Ben, good morning to you, the crew, and the Mallard Militia. I hope you're doing well. We had a little uh, had a little game yesterday known as the Great Cup. so this is it. Ben, finally the last edition of the CFL Report for the year 2018. Are you ready to go?
3: Of oh, course. Please. Uh, I can hardly wait here. Thank God it's all over. now. I think I picked the wrong <laughs> team, though. I picked the Red Blacks. Didn't I pick the Red Blacks to beat uh, Calgary? I believe I did. That's a bad job by me.
10: Well, no, you picked them to cover, but you picked, the Calgary Stampeders to win the Great Cup, and you are a winner, Ben. That's uh, right. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Good job, buddy. let Third it, yeah. time's a charm. <laughs> this is the uh, fourth time in fifth years they've made it. Uh, third time in a row, finally, after two years of heartbreak, they win. Bolite Levi Mitchell, he was the most outstanding player. Uh, Lamar Durant, he was the outstanding Canadian. As Calgary wins the 106th Great Cup, 27-16, to 16, beating my Ottawa Red Blacks, unfortunately. It was a tough afternoon, Ben. Also... The CFL gave away their yearly awards. Some highlights from that. Brad Sinopoli was the top Canadian, the Ottawa Red Black slot receiver. Lewis Ward won two awards. He, uh, The kicker, who set all those records being out uh, of record for most consecutive field goals by a professional. He won Special Teams Player of the Year and the Rookie of the Year. And Bowie by Mitchell, also won the most outstanding player for the year in that regard as well. And Ben,
5: you're yes, back.
10: They're, they're looking to bring back uh, football to the Atlantic provinces, Halifax, Nova Scotia. They've officially named the team the Atlantic Schooners. So hopefully we'll have ourselves a, a tense team that will balance out both divisions, of the East and the West, which should be good. And They're, uh, call you know, them, ben,
3: they're called the Atlantic Schooners? Is that what they're going to be called? Absolutely, Ben. <laughs> All right. What, what is <laughs> Wait a minute. Was it? Was they have a? I'm looking at the logo. Wait a minute here. This is no. This is not the logo. This is an old. This is some other team called the Atlantic Schooners. Uh, this is an old team from. Oh, I know. This is actually the logo. Uh, It's kind of weak. They could do better than that. I agree. Yeah. Now in '84,
10: uh, in '84 they tried to uh, bring a team, but they ran out of funding. They were named the Atlantic Schooners, so it never got off the mat. So this will be pretty much the first incarnation uh, of that of that team. So, Ben, as much as I've enjoyed the CFL report, again, I want to thank you for allowing me to do this and for everyone listening who does enjoy it. I, I recognize that there's not a lot of fans of the CFL report, so I don't have Twitter, but I've heard you usually uh, <laughs> I've heard you put up these uh, wonderfully unbiased Twitter polls from time to time, yeah. and maybe you should put one up should the CFL report return. In 2019, if not, I understand I'll do what's best for the show, best for the fans, I'm a man of the people just like you, Ben. Yeah. And I will gracefully step aside. But uh,
3: Well, you've got to understand that Twitter's a cesspool for negativity. So you really don't want to judge any life decisions based off the scumbags and scoundrels. It's a playground for them on Twitter. So you don't want to judge anything off that.
10: Yeah, it's a playground for the bleep bleepers, that's for sure. Pretty much. So, yeah. yeah. All right, well, Ben, uh, it's been a wonderful season. Thank you again. All and, right, we'll uh, talk to you uh, next will, CFL yeah.
3: season. We'll talk to you then. Yeah. All, All right, right. No, thank you. Good. All right, bye, Jason. There he goes, Jason, in Ottawa. Kaboom! We got to get Ethan in Denver on because it's past his bedtime. He's got—I think—he's got to go back to school. Hello, Ethan. Did he fall asleep? Hold on. I keep punching up the wrong line. Are you there, Ethan? Hello. Hello. What? what? Hey, how you doing? Oh, he was sleeping. You can tell he's got that sleepy voice. Ethan's got that. I ain't got no
9: sleepy voice. What you talking about? Hey, Jason, Ottawa, I love you. I love you. Um, on like a Thanksgiving show, you like shouted out your haters. I thought that was cool. But nobody
3: wants to hear the CSL report, dog. Did you just call him a dog? Yeah, that's what I call it. He's not your dog. Anyway, anyway, Ben Maller. Well, He's not a dog. He's a person. I dare you.
9: All right, my bad, my bad. Ben Maller. The Broncos won today, and Eddie, they broke your heart. They broke your wife's heart last week,
3: and they broke your heart this week, dog. That's a little strong. He just called I you would, a dog too, Eddie. They... Are you a dog? You're called a dog now. What's no, up dog. with that? Why are you calling people dogs, Ethan? What's up with that? Wait, am I not
9: allowed
7: to? Something? You're not my dog. So I can't call you dog. Ethan, Ethan, don't let them distract from the fact that the Broncos yeah, have a chance at the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, no,
11: they How's don't. Philip Lindy, dog? <laughs> How's everybody? We're How's
6: winning Lindsay out. The rest God? of the season,
7: winning out. You're going to get four
6: turnovers every game? Ten and six uh, how many in the playoffs. How many turnovers did he have today? How
9: many turnovers did your team have, Eddie?
6: Four, I just said that.
9: Oh, I thought you meant case. K- sorry. My bad. Hey, what did you guys think about right, the dog. color rush jerseys, though?
7: Horrible. They're awesome. Perfect. love the color rush. Idiot. They're my favorite Idiots. jerseys of all time. They're great. Yeah, yeah
9: that's right, Coop. I want to get a full Lindsay jersey, but like the color rush one,
3: I thought that was Whoa. Blow that Whoa. dog up. Oh, Roberto, that's, that's a low blow. The kid stayed up. He's been on hold for a while. Why you got to do him? He's your dog. Why'd you do why'd that, you, dog? Why'd you do that? Come I don't on. know, dog. Come on, dog. Sorry, dog. What's up with that? Mm. Sorry, dog. kid's excited. He's a Bronco fan. Sure, he won't be excited when excited. I do a Matler monologue on the Broncos later. Oh, he won't be
7: excited about that at all? But... You guys, you guys don't treat Ethan with the type of respect that he deserves.
3: He's excited. Just think about it. You guys, you guys are what? so you're so jaded. Now, I will, I will put Ethan in his place later on. But for now, think of the excitement when you were Ethan's age, when your team won a big game, and you're thinking you got a shot. I think how exciting that was. <laughs> you've, you've lost your way. I will have to put him in his place. But for now, I want Ethan to be very excited.
7: All right, thank you. you I'm glad you. the Raiders came to their senses and they finally lost the game again.
3: Get some, yes. get some sleep, Ethan. you got to get up in a few hours. you got school. So. Appreciate that. What? All right, we'll press on. We will have Mallard of the third degree in a little bit and also the touchy-feely story of the day, an all-timer, one of the great quotes I've seen in the NFL in some time. We'll get to that right now, though. Let's get you caught up on all that's going on. And Eddie Garcia from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios.
6: And let's check week 12 of the NFL. We'll start with Sunday night's game, big NFC North battle in Minnesota with the Vikings getting the 24-17 win over the Packers. Minnesota led by quarterback Kirk Cousins, who had three touchdown passes, 342 yards through the air to help his team improve to 6-4-1 and one on the season. They're holding down a wild-card spot in the NFC. Green Bay falls to 4-6-1. and one including 0-6 now on the road. Late action, Broncos beat the Steelers 24-17. Pittsburgh turned it over four times. Their six-game winning streak is snapped as they dropped to 7-3-1 on the year. Chargers improved to 8-3 with a 45-10 win over the Cardinals. Phillip Rivers, quarterback for L.A., completed his first 25 passes, finished 28-29, of passing three touchdowns. He tied the NFL mark for consecutive completions and broke records for the most completions to start a game and the highest completion percentage in a game. Colts over the Dolphins 27-24. Andrew Luck, three touchdown passes for Indianapolis, as he has now had eight straight games with three or more touchdown passes. They've won five in a row out of the Colts and are now six and five on the season. Early action Brown snap a 25 game road losing streak, beating the Bengals 35 to 20. Cleveland now 2 and 0 under interim coach, or I should say 2-1 uh, under interim coach Greg Williams. Baker Mayfield, four touchdown passes for Cleveland. Seahawks get a late field goal to hand the Panthers their first home loss of the year, 30-27. Eagles on a late field goal. Get by the Giants, 25-22. Patriots over the Jets, 27-13. New England's 8-3. Right now, they would be the number two seed in the AFC playoffs. Tom Brady had 800, excuse me, 283 yards passing and passes Peyton Manning for the all-time passing yardage leader in NFL history. Ravens over the Raiders, 34-17. Baltimore 6-13 right now. They're the final wildcard team in the AFC. Quarterback Lamar Jackson had a touchdown pass and a touchdown run. Bills over the Jaguars 24-20. to Jacksonville's dropped seven in a row. Josh Allen back at quarterback for Buffalo had a touchdown pass and a touchdown run The to win. And the Buccaneers beat the 49ers 27-9. to San Francisco now 0-6 on the road this year. Jameis Winston back at quarterback for Tampa Bay had a couple of touchdown passes in the win. The support brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit a true car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Ben, this story broke early on Sunday, then it was basically forgotten after all the games started, but the San Francisco 49ers announced they are releasing linebacker Reuben Foster after his arrest on charges of misdemeanor domestic violence Saturday night at the team hotel. The organization had stuck by Foster after a pair of arrests and an NFL suspension in the offseason, but said there were it's kind of a zero tolerance the rest of the way, and well, that was it. He's uh, he's now done. Reuben Foster gone, From the
3: 49ers. Yeah, I saw the affidavit from the arrest. There's not a lot of new stuff in there from what I was reading other than the woman said she wanted to prosecute Foster and his first name is spelled R-U-B-E-N, not the R-E-U-B-E-N. So, Surprise! Yeah, always
6: a good idea to get arrested at the team hotel when you're on the road.
3: Well, some people
6: prepare for games differently. It's true,
3: very true. And uh, he chose to go about it a way that most of us would say is not a good idea, but it clearly, it's one way to end his career. Remember, there was the the, the questions about Ruben Foster. You know, there's some red flags before the draft. Yeah. You know, and what who would how would it work out? Well, we now know. We now know how not well. horrible,
8: horrible, yeah. and really bad.
3: It's Ben Maller's show coming from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Just visit geico.com for a free rate quote. But the story of the weekend, at least one of the key stories of the weekend, happened in the Jets-Patriots game, and it happened. Let me give you the, the setup on this, and I want to give you the exact yeah, – I'm going to give you the play-by-play on this. Because I think it's very important that we give you the play-by-play. So this is a – it was a fourth quarter. It's about 11.20 on the clock. Cordero Patterson of the New England Patriots carries the football. It was a a second down. It was a first down handoff, so it would be a second down coming up. It's about 11.15 on the clock. The Jets are nursing a touchdown lead – or the Patriots, rather, nursing a touchdown lead over the Jets at this point. And Cordero Patterson – he, uh, when he, he's down on the ground, one of the Jet defensive players is next to him, and Cordero decides, you know, I don't like this. This guy Henry Anderson of the Jets. So he then proceeds to grab Henry Anderson's junk and squeeze, like you'd squeeze a melon. <gasps> <laughs> this was caught by the cameras at CBS and immediately became a viral sensation across the nation people were fascinated by this this jets player and cordero patterson of the patriots well patterson was asked what the hell happened why did why were you seen grabbing another man's package my lover balls cordero patterson responded he said the man was all in my face trying to put his blank in my face patterson declared i tried to move him out of there i'm a grown man I don't need anybody's ass and blank and blank in my face, man. (laughs) That was the quote from Cordero Patterson. I'm a grown man. I don't need anyone's blank and blank blank in my face. Outstanding. Now the quote, which is equally as wonderful. And just marvelous, from the losing locker room, from the New York Jets side of things, the media went up and they said, hey, why didn't you make a big deal? They went to Henry Anderson, the guy whose junk was victimized by Cordero Patterson, and they wanted to know, why did you not retaliate if another man grabs you in the groin region? That most men's natural animalistic reaction would be to fight back. Uh, you, you cannot. That's a no-touch zone. You cannot do it. If you go below the belt, that you are going to get some kind of retaliatory action. And Anderson, Anderson responded by saying, "Quote: I didn't really feel anything, so I don't think he got a hold of it." That was his response. Oh, but judging by the hand placement, it would have been pretty difficult for him not to have grabbed the uh, the proper. Uh, the twig and berries it would have been very difficult for him not to have uh, have reached that area so quite the quite the story there although i recall from people that have worked here who played in the nfl over the years guys that played on the line that that kind of stuff happened all the time but it typically happened at the bottom of the pile there'd be a lot of grabbing and holding and pulling that would take place, but it would not – you wouldn't do it out in the open. Like Cordero Patterson, there was no shame in his game. I mean, he didn't mind. He had to know that there was a camera on him, and he didn't stop. There's a guy in the NBA who has no shame, too. Did you see that? I saw that over the week. <laughs> That's on my list. All we'll right. get there as well. That's right. That guy that certain team put billboards up hoping to keep. I just want to <laughs> point that out. I Throw that out. Anything to add to that, Eddie? Uh, about the grabbing of the junk? Yes, no. Eddie. No, not really. No, no, no. Eddie's very uncomfortable with any stories about <laughs> junk. He did, I've noticed that over the years. Like he does not add to the conversation. He shuts up. He doesn't want to. Does not want to talk about that. He's very uncomfortable with that. It's very odd to me. You guys ever had your your I, I John t- grab see, by another guy? I see so many of these <laughs> stories. I don't bring them up because I don't get any conversation from you people. You very like, Roberto wants to talk about this, but the rest. Well, of Well, are- all
6: I will say is, yeah. I- if that happened to me, I would uh, definitely retaliate.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's I hard to believe
6: think- he didn't feel that, but I would he didn't yeah. retaliate. That was very very strange.
3: <laughs> if it was a female, how
7: would you retaliate? Was a female? Wait, yeah. Wait,
3: wait, no, this was no, a male.
7: This was a. No, if a, a female did it to you, how would you retaliate?
3: What?
6: I don't think the gender matters if it's done in a manner in which they're trying to hurt you.
3: Ah, true. Yeah, that's true.
6: <laughs> now, Anderson, unless you're into that kind of thing, Roberto, maybe you are. Maybe you yeah. like your uh, your junk twisted Cold?
3: and yeah. squeezed. I, no, 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 no. Okay, no, you're not a fan of that. Nah. Okay. Uh, Anderson's lady friend. Uh, Did respond and said, uh, I think she said Henry is mine, is uh, what she said. So keep your hands, keep your hands off the the goods there. So it's good. Is that the signature moment of Cordero Patterson's career with uh, with the Patriots? So far, yeah, yeah.
6: I did see the unedited quote.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah. He didn't hold back, Cordero. I wish you
6: could say it on the radio, actually. You
3: want me to say it? Yeah, I would. yeah, go ahead. Now, Coop said that now on the podcast, we'll leave all the dirty words in. Is that correct, Coop? That we're leaving the dirty words in the podcast now? Because the podcast is not governed by the Federal Communications Commission. We are allowed to put that stuff in the podcast, right? I think. Am I correct in this? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like the pod, the airwaves that we broadcast now on, the comm- the live show is governed Yeah, because by- there's a bunch
7: of podcasts that have of all kinds of-
3: Cursing in there. Yeah. I fully support this, by the way. I think this is great. People want to hear those. It'll increase the download numbers just to hear, like, what what's the thing they couldn't say on the radio?
7: I think that would be great. I'm probably still going to take out F-bombs. Oh, come on. Why? Just leave them in Has there. Has
6: anyone in management told you you have to do
7: that? Take the F-bombs out? Yeah. Well, okay, what was said to me was, you know, like you don't really have to, it's not a big deal. We're not gonna get fined or anything. Like, you know, if you're if you're there and you and you do it, you know, like go ahead and do it. But, you know, if you forget, it's not a big deal. That's what I was told. Yeah. And I'm saying I'm gonna take out F bombs to discourage anybody from calling up and just dropping F bombs so that they can hear it themselves dropping uh, F bomb no, on the that podcast. Does, that does make sense. Yeah, that makes sense.
3: Uh, We'll get to Mallard to the third degree. Here's the instant trivia. Tom Brady and Josh McCown became the second largest combined starting quarterback age uh, since the merger in 1970. They combined for 80 years, 258 days. The only quarterback matchup with a higher combined age of 80 over this uh, span since the merger was blank against Brett Favre in the year 2007. Again, the only QB matchup with a higher combined age than Josh McCown and Tom Brady was blank versus Brett Favre in twenty oh seven. That the insta trivia, the answer next.
6: You can't lick your own elbow, travel at light speed or sneeze with your eyes open, however you have the power to increase the audience of the Ben Maller show. Tweet tweet instagram and facebook post about the show don't be bashful tell your friends and family about our distinct program to help add new listeners like yourself now live from the geico fox sports radio studios it's ben maller all
3: right real quick the instant trivia tom brady and josh mccown they became the second largest combined age among starting quarterbacks since the merger in 1970 they were over 80 years 258 days the only quarterback matchup with a combined age of 80 over that span was Blank versus Brett Favre in 2007. And we don't have time for a lot of guesses here. George Blanda from the New York Bozo. Mike from the LBC got it right. So did the real Martin. Uh, Charlie Chaplin from the Little Troller. Seneca Wallace from Robin, Minnesota. What say you, Eddie? Uh, Frank Reich. Frank Reich. All right. Uh, no. No. Uh, Our our friend from Rhode Island got it right. She got it right. The correct answer is Vinny Testaverde, 44 years old. The combined age, 82 years and 44 days, Vinny Testaverde and Brett Favre.
5: It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled.
7: Head over to Loop. Ben, with the Michigan Wolverines finishing the season 10-2 and and going to a good bowl game, now uh, John Harbaugh's job is probably safe at Michigan. However, do you think... This said Jim Harbaugh. Oh, Jim Harbaugh, excuse me. You lose. Do you think that the blow-off loss to Ohio State hurts his chances for an NFL return someday? No, I don't.
3: I've said all along, eventually, Jim Harbaugh, the end game is back to the NFL. A couple of things here. A, Harbaugh had success in the NFL. He had three 10-win seasons. He won almost 70% of his games in the NFL. He got to the Super Bowl with a social justice warrior, Colin Kaepernick, as his quarterback. That's a good resume in the NFL. And B, Harbaugh, his problem is going to be now, the NFL wants to hire young guys. They want to hire guys in their 30s and 40s. Harbaugh's in his mid-50s now. So if he waits much longer, that becomes problematic for Jim Harbaugh to get back to the NFL. But ultimately, he's going to end up coaching in the
7: NFL again. And you keep having more games like this against Ohio State, the sooner it happens. Next. Ben, after another loss and another bad performance for Matthew Stafford and the Lions, LeGarrett Blunt called Stafford an elite quarterback. Now, Ben, his stats are elite, but uh, Stafford has never really been able to get it done. How much longer do you think he uh, sits at the helm in Detroit? Well, Coop,
3: while you were eating
7: a turkey leg last week, I did a Maller monologue. I traded Matthew Stafford to six
3: different teams last week. So I already have him traded. He's out. He's held the Lions franchise hostage. Get rid of him. I had him to Tampa for Winston. I had him to Jacksonville for Blake Borders to the Raiders for Derek Carr. I had Stafford traded
7: to half the NFL. He's done. Get rid of him. Next. I can't believe you didn't do a M- Maller monologue on this, but during the match between Tiger and Phil, yeah. someone paid a lot of money to write out disses in the sky, like, where's the crowd? Tiger and Phil. Is this $19.99? Where's Spieth? Yeah, Where's yeah, yeah. Ben, is this a solid troll job or just kind of lame?
3: No, it was hilarious. I liked it. I mean, it's cheap. It's cost-effective trolling. Because it doesn't cost that much to hire a plane to do this. Uh, My favorite one was when somebody wrote "Baba Booey" in the sky. I thought that was wonderful. As a a fan of the old Stern show, when Howard Stern was in his prime in radio, it was great. Uh, But I got to keep the whole thing was a sham. The event we didn't talk about it, but that was funny. That was that was a good job of trolling. All right, real quick, how do we do, Coop? Passes it. That is a winner.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
3: In the big picture, the Giants and Eagles matchup really irrelevant. Now, Philadelphia still got a chance, but... Even if they do make the playoffs, they're not going anywhere. But it's what happened in the giant locker room, which I find compelling and interesting that we need to discuss. Welcome in the beginning of another hour. It's the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere. The vast Fox Sports Radio Network emanating live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance just visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So the fact that the Giants and Eagles are not great teams does not make this story any less compelling. The New York football Giants blew a 16-point halftime lead. They did cover the spread if you took the Giants and the points. We told you to do that last week. The Giants did cover the number, but they lost the game, falling to Philadelphia. It was how they lost the game. That's the story. The better story is often in the losing locker room, and this was great. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. questioning head coach Pat Shermer and his game plan against the Eagles. Now, the Giants had that big lead at halftime, and they went away from getting the ball to their playmakers in the second half. Beckham said, coming in. Knowing that we've struggled, or they've struggled, rather, in the secondary, personally, Beckham said, I would have loved to attack them, but it wasn't in our game plan. And then he said, that's a question for the coach. He says, I don't call the plays. All right. So the question is, does Giants coach Pat Shermer deserve the blame? Absolutely he deserves the blame. Uh, on this. Now, in the big picture, it's net positive for the Giants because they're not going to make the playoffs, and so you're better off losing and all that. But if your goal is to win the game straight up, it's a bad job by Shermer. You've got the groceries, the dumpster diving, and the deep state. And we'll bind all this together. Now, first of all, the Giants offense took the pedal off the metal. And I was flipping around, and this was a game that I had circled. Now, I We pick every game, but I don't bet every game. Of course, it's illegal where I live, so I don't bet any games. But if I did bet some games, this might or might not have been a game that I circled, uh, mainly because of the questionable ability of the Philadelphia roster. It's another example of why when, when we look to the Giants in the future, uh, they will have a top 10 pick. In the 2019 NFL Draft, this is a team that is lacking the killer instinct. Now, they're also lacking ability at a lot of positions, but Pat Shermer failed to do his job. Your job is to get the ball into the hands of your playmakers, your star players, especially when you have the lead. You don't get into the fetal position. You don't turtle up when you've got a big lead. Saquon Barkley ran wild. In the first half, he had 131 total yards, a couple of touchdowns, and then that was it. Finito, done, 94 yards on the ground at halftime. In the second half, Saquon Barkley ran the ball four times. He was targeted once in the passing game. That's wrongdoing. That's negligence by the Giants coaching staff. And it's not just Saquon Barkley. Odell Beckham, who started the complaining, he was targeted four times in the second half. The Giants, in the second half of the game, had three first down, Three. Now, the reason this is interesting is the Philadelphia Eagles secondary, we talked about this in Benny versus the Penny, but looking back on it, it's accurate. The Eagles secondary, most of these guys were packing groceries a month ago. They were not even in the NFL. Four of the Eagles' top five defensive backs did not play in this game. They were not in uniform The only one who did play, did not practice all week, and was not in the game very much at all, Rasul Douglas. The three primary defensive backs that the Philadelphia Eagles played in this game were not on the Eagles roster a month ago, and the Giants decided, you know what, we're not going to test these guys. We're not going to see if these guys can get it done. The Giants had just 61 yards on 12 pass attempts, in the second half. They did pretty much nothing in the third quarter. This is bad coaching, is what it is. It's bad coaching. The Giants ran just 21 plays in the second half. They held the ball for barely over 10 minutes. The Eagles stopped the Giants, or the Giants stopped themselves. Either way, the Giants had 56 total yards in the second half. Now, second point, Philadelphia is mathematically alive because they reside in the sewer. Of NFL divisions. The NFC East is a dumpster diving paradise. One of these teams is going to make the postseason. Because somebody has to make the postseason. Dallas, Washington, and Philadelphia are all flawed teams. They're all flawed teams. One of them, again though, will be in the playoffs. They'll be playing a good team despite their imperfections. Philadelphia 5-6 and six now. They have the Redskins. And Cowboys, Redskins coming up in Philly, Cowboys in Texas coming up. They still have to play at the Rams in L.A. They host the Texans and play at the Redskins to close it out. So they got two games left with the Redskins, one with the Cowboys and the Rams the rest of the way. There is a path for Philadelphia to get to eight or nine wins with that schedule. That is a workable schedule, the way the Redskins are going without – their offense, and Colt McCoy turning the ball over as much as he did against the Cowboys, you figure that's going to continue. Uh, So there's an opportunity there to at least split with the Redskins. The Cowboys could lose any game, right? The the, the way the Cowboys are going. Uh, And the Texans, the the Philadelphia Eagles playing the Texans, the Houston's they're barely winning these games so you certainly don't think, oh we have no chance against the Houston Texans. Now the final word here. This kind of outcome The Giants and the negligence of the coaching staff has fueled the deep state conspiracy that the Giants, the goal is to lose these games, right? Why? Because of next year's draft. Now, the thing that you can't explain is if you're Pat Shermer, why would you go along with this? Why would you be in cahoots with something like this? It's very bizarre. Why would a coach say, "Okay, I want to lose these games because we get a higher draft pick"? Because eventually he's going to be collateral damage. But the theory is, the deep state theory is, the Giants need to lose because if you look at the way it all shakes down, the Giants, if they had won this game, would have effed up their draft status. By losing, they maintain their pace to have a top five pick. Right now the Giants would have the fifth pick. There's a bunch of teams that have lost, or I should say won, four games there are six teams that have won four games so if the giants had joined that list then they would have gone from being projected to have the 5th pick in the 2019 draft to the 10th pick in the 2019 draft so they would have lost five spots on the draft that's how that would have uh, would have gone down uh, all right so the, the Ben maller show Fox now meanwhile i wanted to get to this game in buffalo because the mouth of the South has spoken. The Jacksonville Jags, who got off to the start where they, they were strutting around. They were ripping the media for not covering them. Like, What's wrong with you bozos? We were in the AFC Championship game last year. And after they beat the Patriots to start 2-0, and since that game, Jacksonville, they lost to the Titans. They came back and won the Jets. So they were three beat the Jets. They were 3-1. And, and since then, lost, loss, loss Loss, loss, by, loss, loss, loss. That's the Jacksonville schedule. They have lost now seven consecutive games. They lost in Buffalo, but Jalen Ramsey was asked about Josh Allen. Now, before the year, in that wonderfully explosive GQ magazine interview, Jalen Ramsey went through all of the quarterbacks, Well, almost. He didn't name everybody, but he named most of them. Remember this? And he just unloaded. And of Josh Allen, he said, trash. He said, Josh Allen is trash. And so because of what happened, and Jacksonville won the game in Orchard Park, New York, they were like, the media's like, hey, you're going to give him some credit. And Ramsey, uh, I don't know if we have this or not, but Ramsey said, I'll just pretend I'm Ramsey then, uh, he said, quote, he did enough to get their team the win. Ramsey said, I don't really know the stats. I know he ran the ball really well. He hurt us with his feet. Oh, we have that? Alright, here's, here's actually the full quote from Jalen Ramsey.
8: Did it change your perception of him at all?
3: Did you still think he's trash? Uh, I mean, the good thing about the world we live in is
12: everybody can have an opinion. I, I stick by my opinions, usually. He did enough for the team to get a win. I mean, that's really what matters at the end of the day. Uh, so it doesn't matter, you know, what I said or anything like that. I and mean, I'm sure that's what he was thinking on his side. It doesn't matter have opinions every day. Uh, they can have opinions, but it's about what you go out there and do. And what he went out there and did for their team was get a win, so I can't really say anything about it. So, so
1: yes, still trash?
12: That's uh, not what I said. You just heard what I how I was
1: answering so, okay, his question. Yes.
3: Alright, let me help Jalen Ramsey out. Yes. He, uh, no, no. Josh Allen blows, okay? He's still pathetic. The Buffalo Bills won this game. He completed eight passes. Eight Sorry. passes. Eight of nine. He completed less than 50% of his passes. Uh, and now uh, he didn't inter- throw any interceptions. But no, in the modern era, to think that you can win games because your quarterback's going to run for 100 yards. He was over 100 yards. The Bills went to the victory formation, and Allen was knocked back down to 99 yards because he took the victory knee at the end of the game. But no, this is not a situation where Buffalo can go forward with this kind of quarterback play. Allen stinks. Everyone knows it, and Buffalo was able to win this game, but these are cringeworthy statistics. He is overmatched as an NFL quarterback, and you can say, well, he won the game. It it, It does matter. You can't win games in the NFL consistently with this kind of foul performance by Josh Allen, and he had plenty of time to sit on the sidelines and watch, And he came back, and his performance again, a house of horrors for Josh Allen. And anytime I see a quarterback propped up because of his ability to run the football, that tells me he can't play quarterback. Tom Brady has never been able to run the football, and Peyton Manning, never a running option. You know, I was not a big Peyton Manning apologist, but you look at the top quarterbacks, they don't win with their legs. They win with their arms, the ability to throw passes. Look at Chicago. Mitch Trubisky. I don't take the Bears seriously because Mitch Trubisky gets hyped up because he's able to run the football. Josh Allen is bad at the most important thing you're supposed to do as a quarterback. Throw the football. That's a problem. You can talk about all his majestic runs and how magnificent he is when you know the, the defense doesn't pay attention to him and he's monumental running the football, but the problem is his job is to throw the football and he often gets spit-roasted by defenses. Poop fest. We say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia. You forgot solid gold. Did I forget We You did forget that. Yeah, uh, I don't know that I forgot that. Maybe I intentionally left that well, out. Well, that's a bad job by you then. Bad job by you, man. Roberto, we're starting a new week. I know you're upset because that pesky Orlando Magic team led by Penny Hardaway <laughs> beat your Lakers. I understand that. I no, I'm I'm glad, glad the Raiders lost because now we're back on our losing weight yeah. so we can tank, you know. I'm just happy the Raiders did not cover the number. That That's a big number, and Baltimore was able to win and cover the number. Just tank, baby. It's important. Well, Derek Carr said, though, he did he wanted to screw up the Raiders' plans to get them. No, 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 no. No, he said that last week. Yeah, I know. That was his quote. He wanted to screw that, up. Derek Carr. I would argue that by playing Derek Carr, the Raiders have a better chance of getting <laughs> they have the number three pick right now. The projection is the Raiders would have the number three pick. I believe so, yeah. Based on strength of schedule. yeah uh, You know who's had the— But we'll beat the Steelers when we play the Steelers. Do you know who's had the easiest—I saw this uh, earlier. I thought this was interesting. Who's had the easiest— schedule based on strength of schedule and i think i'm still uh, i'm still right on this the team their opponents have had the the teams they have played have had the worst c- uh, combined winning percentage you want to take a guess who that is anybody the 49ers the 49ers why no no because everyone the niners play has a better record than them just about Uh, The The Rams have a pretty easy schedule. The Rams have. The Rams... uh, Uh, Would it be the Patriots? uh, No, the Patriots are 486. The Rams are at 466. The Chargers. Did you say the Chargers? No. No, Chargers at 480. The lowest, the Chicago Bears. Oh, yeah, the Bears are a fraud. The Bears. The strength of schedule, the Bears, 438. That is... I believe the lowest in the NFL. Houston is at four forty five. So they're just the Texans are just barely ahead of the Bears if you're looking for frauds. Uh Cleveland is also on that list. The Browns are actually the Browns are actually worse than Houston. And I, th- I think Miami's also on there. The Dolphins strength of schedule. You know who's had the toughest
7: schedule? Uh who would that be? The Denver Broncos. Let me see here. You yeah,
3: you're just making that up.
7: But you know that Mitch Trubisky guy is pretty good, man. Actually, according to
3: this, Cincinnati has had the toughest. Broncos got to be up there, though, right? I mean, uh, yeah. Broncos five twenty. Phillies at five twenty six. Opponent twenty percentage or strength of schedule. Cincinnati's at five forty. So, there you go. Nothing better than just throwing out random numbers on strength of schedule. Oh yeah, good radio. That's what I'm doing over. Great radio. Yeah. Call up and give you any kind of bogus numbers you want here. Feel free. But right now, San Francisco would have the number one pick. Arizona would be number two. The Raiders would be number three. Very yeah. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing
7: else to cheer for it at this point. Yeah.
3: Did you see that video of the Laker fan that's going around to Eddie? Oh, yeah. Seen? What an idiot. Oh, my God. They didn't. Uh, no, I did not see that. Oh, Eddie, you gotta check this out. They did one of those in arena contests.
6: Oh no, I saw the link. Someone yeah. said that to me. Yeah. Like, oh, over under. A, yeah.
3: Over under a, high, no, a lower high, or higher. No, higher. High low game. Yeah. The first card up was zero. zero. Laker fan <laughs> says lower.
4: lower. <laughs> <Dummy>. <laughs> And he was like, at least he still didn't get it, right?
3: He's just like, uh? like what? Well, what? What? Like, what did I do? You'd like to give the guy the benefit of the doubt and say that he just had stage fright that he couldn't. But that's I don't what know I that thought. He, yeah. I don't know that he had stage fright. Maybe he's just dumb. I don't know. How do we know he? Had Maybe stage he was fright? high. He might have been high. No idea. It was amazing, amazing uh, clip though. You gotta check that out. It's all over the internet. This guy uh, in arena contest. And uh, they had the zero card. And, I mean, they're just giving you the answer. I mean, it's just, <laughs> they want you to get to the final card, right? They want you to get to the final card, and the dope doesn't even take it. <laughs> What's up with that? Unreal. All right, so the Ben Maller Show, we'll take your calls. 877-99 on Fox. Somebody asked me what happened to future lottery winner, FLW. I don't know what happened to him. He was a breakout star a few months back. We did Newbie Night. and. I, maybe his shift change, future lottery winner, I don't know what happened. Maybe he'll call in right now. I have no idea. Got an email. What happened? I like that guy. I liked him too. I can't force these people to call. They choose to call when they can. And, you know, he had, had the show on, and he claimed in the factory there in Michigan, they had the show on, they were listening to us, and it was great.
12: I'm that number one newbie, that number one newbie. You call us hang up because you can't outdo me. The number one newbie. The number one newbie. I'm rapping on this phone and smoking on
3: the doobie. Our Our friend from Orlando coming in big. Can you go home again? We'll get to that, and we will do it next. On the
6: Ben Maller Show, we specialize in sarcasm, snark, and satire. All things needed to survive the shady late-night characters on Twitter. Let your thoughts be heard by the masses under the cover of the microblogging website and follow Ben on Twitter. He's at Ben Maller. And you can tweet at and follow our executive producer. He's manning the phones. He is the liar, liar, and the menace of the Fox Sports Radio Network. It's the Coop-de-loop Justin Cooper, and he's at UH Bronco Fan.
7: Wow. Eddie, it's, it's the amazing. biggest package I've ever seen. Yeah. I know.
6: And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Ben Maller.
3: The Rooster says, future lottery winner... Maybe he won the lottery, Ben. That's why he doesn't call. Could be. Tony says, it seems like a lot of guys that haven't called in a while have the same answer when they finally call in, and it's, I got married. And we do hear that a lot. Or they change work schedules. Yeah, we, we heard last week over Thanksgiving, Hotel Ryan from Duluth yeah, I was gonna ask you called about that. in, and it was great to hear from him. and. He's the uh, same character he's always been, but he got married and he's got kids and all that, so he doesn't work at the hotel anymore. He doesn't doesn't call in. But he did check in. Uh, did, che- he, did he yeah. somehow
6: find out, because we had talked about this before I you know left for, for the holiday, that uh, we were going to try and maybe do a reverse newbie night and get like a Legends night going?
3: Did he hear about that? Uh, and yeah, call I guess a relative of Hotel Ryan, uh-huh. I think a cousin listens to the show and alerted him, tipped him off. He was mentioned, and he went back and heard the podcast and all that. Chet in San Diego says the strength of schedule is a bogus stat. Teams play their Division 6 games, then their division plays another Division 4 games, then another Conference Division 4 games. That leaves two random games, Chet points out. Uh, The real Christopher, otherwise known as Spicoli, uh, is – on a one-man crusade to say the Rams are in the worst division in football. He says I would seven agree with that. in the bye weeks. Uh, yeah, I'll Ask Carolina how how that NFC West is with Seattle. Ask them. You know, cause Seattle apparently did pretty well in that game. So it, it, the way I look at it, there's no defense of the Cardinals and the 49ers are uh, a disaster. But Seattle's got a chance. They got a shot to make the playoffs. It doesn't, it doesn't seem likely to me that Seattle's going to make the playoffs, but they have a – Mathematical possibility and for them to come back and win thanks to Graham Gano, don't you know, missing a field goal and Seattle's Sebastian Janikowski making his kick, there's a path for Seattle to make the postseason. They can sneak in. You know, this is now we look every week in the hunt. Teams that are in the hunt. Seattle's not in the playoffs right now. They're six and five. They're the last team out of the NFC playoffs. They're Ahead of Carolina now because they have the tiebreaker. And all they have to do is sit back. They have to win their games, Seattle. And they got the 49ers twice still to play. The Cardinals, there's three wins. So they'll get at least at least nine wins, Seattle. Even if they lose to Kansas City in Seattle and to the Vikings. They'll at least get to nine wins. Will the Redskins get to nine? Because it doesn't really matter, right? The Redskins have the fast pass as the division winner. but Actually, the Cowboys right now are the division winner. They're ahead of the Redskins because of the head-to-head thing. So the Cowboys are the NFC East winner. At this point, the Redskins are the last team in. So the Seahawks will finish ahead of the Redskins, you would think. All right, there'll be more on that later. Let's go to Chris in Houston, who's next on Fox Sports Radio. Hello, Christopher. I keep punching up the top. Maybe they'll fix that by the end of the yeah, day on hopefully. Monday. Yeah, because I I've only been here twenty years. I've always gone. They always told me top bank, do the top bank. So now all of a sudden the top bank's broken. So now I gotta go to the bottom bank. This job is not that easy. What's going on, Chris?
12: Yes, being the man, the myth, the semi legend, Ben. I think you you should have brought up that you know I think I'm fearing that Baker Mayfield is becoming the biggest douche in professional sports. You know, we knew Aaron Rodgers was was that for now, but he's he's trending that way. You know that.
3: Baker Mayfield. I I don't hate Baker Mayfield. He's he's got a lot of douche doucheability. Uh, he's douche tastic. Uh, but I I don't hate him. I will hate him at some point. I don't hate Baker Mayfield yet.
12: No, no, we don't hate him, Ben. I'm just saying I fear that he's going towards that because he likes to say what's on his mind.
3: And well, that's good. No, no, that's not bad. It's it's you might not like what's on his mind, but I don't mind the people that say what's on their mind. It's good for talk radio. It's also good for podcasting. So we should no, 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 look down it. upon it. We should encourage it. I-, I love it, Ben. I love it, Ben. Now, I know you've been dodging it, and I know
12: Eddie do not want to talk about it. But, boy, my buddy brought up the uh, mention about Dwight Howard. And do you remember the, the video that went around when he played for the Rockets? And it was Isaiah Cannon on the bench, and he basically went where a place where you're not supposed to go.
3: Yeah, well, for the, for, well, for those that don't know the story, because not everyone—I don't know how you could have avoided—if you were on social media over the weekend, it was the number one trending topic all day Saturday. It was there were more people talking about Dwight Howard than the highest scoring college football game in the history of of collegiate football with LSU and Texas A&M. Uh, everyone was was going crazy about this Dwight Howard story because he got, I guess. How would you, he got exposed by someone <laughs> he was dating, as apparently enjoying uh, the company of some transgender people. Am I correct in that? Am I am I giving uh, this he, the accurate uh, analysis?
12: No, That's no, it. no. You need to get a little bit more. He's doing a little, little little bit of that. Well, he was changing. going
3: to some parties, uh, right? He was uh, he was going to some parties, according to this person who was wasn't uh, women. a scorned lover, or I guess a former lover, was very upset and aired uh, all. No, no, no,
12: no. What? No, Ben, you're doing, it,
3: you're doing it bad justice, Ben. You I'm, doing it, it the, right I'm doing it the clean yeah. version. I can't do the full version. What do you want me to do, get into graphic detail? What would you like me to do here? Hey, Ben,
12: hey, ben. you know, he was, he, he was going to parties, but there wasn't no women there. That's all you got to say. It wasn't no women there. Well, you know,
3: <laughs> to each their own. Uh, I do know when Dwight played with the Lakers, he did enjoy the ladies. Uh, he impreg- impregnated one in particular that I know of, and I think there was a couple here. Like Dwight's, like the whole thing. He, uh, his reputation was he's uh, been very active and now, uh, not not necessarily uh, cleaning up his now, mess, shall we say?
12: Now, now, now Ben, now, do you think that that's because uh, he put that purple on from the Lakers? He got a lot. He started <laughs> yeah, to like that purple. I, I don't.
3: I don't know. I just, I, I'm fascinated by Dwight Howard because when he was in high school, I remember when I was doing the blogging stuff. And it's one of my favorite stories about Dwight Howard. When he was in high school, his goal before he was the first pick in the draft, he wanted to convince David Stern to get rid of the Jerry West logo and put a cross on the logo. He was that religious a guy. He's changed a little bit over the years. My man Dwight's changed a little bit since he got to that the Hollywood NBA. That
12: Hollywood life, being That Hollywood life, you know?
3: I guess. What uh, can you
12: say? Yeah. But, Ben, uh, I need to talk to Cooper off the air. Of all course. right. I'll uh, put
3: you on hold there. You can talk to him all you want off the air. It is the Ben Mather Show on Fox. We'll press on. Can you go home again? We'll get to that. And also in a little bit, we'll have the Insta advice line right now, though. Let's get you caught up on everything going on. From the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios and Eddie Garcia.
6: Yeah, and everything that went on on Sunday's action from the NFL. And we'll start with the Sunday night game. A battle in the NFC North where the Vikings get a much-needed win over the Packers 24-17. Kirk Cousins had 342 yards passing, three touchdowns as Minnesota improves to 6-4-1 on the year, holding one of the wild-card spots in the NFC. Green Bay falls to 4-6-1, including 0-6 now on the road. In late action, Broncos beat the Steelers 24-17. Pittsburgh turned it over four times. The Broncos had no turnovers, and the Steelers' six-game winning streak comes to an end. They're now 7-3-1 and on the year. They're the three-seed as it stands now in the AFC playoffs playoff picture. Chargers over the Cardinals 45-10. L.A. is now 8-3 and on the season and quarterback Philip Rivers had a great start completing his first 25 passes. He finished 28-29 of with three touchdowns. Colts over the Dolphins 27-24. Indianapolis has won five in a row. They're 6-5, currently tied with Baltimore for a wild card spot in the AFC, but the Ravens do have the tiebreaker. Andrew Luck, three touchdown passes, eight straight game for him with three or more TD passes in a game. In the early action, the Browns get four Baker Mayfield touchdown passes in 35-20 win over the Bengals. Cleveland snapping a 25-game road losing streak with that win. Seahawks get a late field goal to hand the Panthers their first home loss of the year, 30-27. Eagles also win on a late field goal, beating the Giants 25-22. Patriots are 8-3 right now, the two seed in the AFC playoffs thanks to a 27-13 win over the Jets. New England quarterback Tom Brady had 283 yards passing, two scores. He passes Peyton Manning to become the all-time passing yards leader in NFL history. Ravens over the Raiders, 34-17. Baltimore, 6-5 right now in the season, and 2-0 under low. Uh, quarterback Lamar Jackson Uh, We'll see if he continues to be the starter. He had a touchdown pass and a touchdown run in the win. Bills over the Jaguars 24-21. That's seven straight losses now for Jacksonville. Quarterback Josh Allen back in the lineup for Buffalo. Had a touchdown pass and a touchdown run in the win. And the Buccaneers beat the 49ers 27-9. Jameis Winston back at quarterback for Tampa Bay. Had 312 yards passing and two scores. San Francisco now 0-6 on the road this year. This support is brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Ben, now later on in the NFL season, we'll have Black Monday, the first day after the end of the NFL regular season where several coaches will get fired. We had Black Sunday in college football, but not a lot of moves. Texas Tech fired their head coach Cliff Kingsbury. North Carolina fired head coach Larry Fedora. Uh, But USC announced that head coach Clay Helton, who was thought to be on the hot seat, will return next season. (laughs)
3: Oh, USC did a great job blowing leads against both UCLA and Notre Dame. They're two rivals, so why would you not keep Clay Helton? There's also the matter that they, if they wanted to get rid of Clay Helton, they had to pay him $14 million yeah. to not coach. $14
6: million. I hear they have a lot of money, though, there over at USC. A lot of boosters with uh, deep pockets and whatnot.
3: Yeah, that's a lot of cash, though. And plus, the the way the university, from what I understand, there's still a lot of angst among the uh, non-athletic people as far as the president of the school. The USC was sued up the wazoo because somebody in another part of the school was doing things they should not have been doing. And uh, oh, there's a lot yeah. of liability for USC. So these are not uh, great times. So Clay Hilton keeps his job. It is the Ben Mather Show on Fox for now. For now. That doesn't mean that. A week from now, or two weeks from now, or a month from now, a booster doesn't come forward and say, I'll write a check for $14 million, let's get rid of Clay Helton, and then suddenly Clay Helton's gone. So for now, Clay Helton keeps his job, but just if somebody comes along and comes up with the money. It is the Ben Maller Show. We're coming to you from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Just visit geico.com for a free Rate quote. You mentioned, though, one of the coaches that did lose their job, the Golden Boy, Cliff Kingsbury, who had the matinee idol looks, no longer the head coach at Texas Tech. He had, in his watch at Texas Tech, three quarterbacks that all ended up in the NFL, Baker Mayfield, Davis Webb, who is a backup with the Giants, and Patrick Mahomes, and at no point while – Cliff Kingsbury was head coach at Texas Tech with these NFL quarterbacks. Did he win any more than seven games for the Red Raiders? So you got NFL quarterback, NFL quarterback, NFL quarterback, two of them starters in the NFL. Loser. And they never won more than seven. Now, the most interesting thing about this is there are reports that the Red Raiders, there is a a group of people around that program that want a certain coach to come home again. Mike Leach, we love Mike Leach, the head coach at Washington State. He Hell of a coach. He became well-known at Texas Tech and fell out of favor because of a litigation situation. Yeah. Would he, would, is, that seems like a lateral move to go from Washington State to Texas Tech. Well, would you also,
6: rather... he left on bad terms That's what I'm saying. at Texas Tech. Yeah. Now, obviously, money can cure all hard feelings, but yeah. I, I would think... Washington State, there's no pressure there. Anything he does, other than you know, just completely stinking it up, he's going to be fine. And I think I would think there's an easier easier path to the to the college football playoffs through the Pac-12 than through the Big
3: 12. Wouldn't you think? Well, so the report out of Seattle, uh, which is not anywhere close to where Washington State is, you know, but the uh, the report out of Seattle media said that Mike Leach is not ruling out going back to Texas Tech, which. Even though he, the story was like a year ago, there was a story that he was still upset because the way they fired him yeah. and all that. And
6: I suppose, you know, he called He easier to head. recruit to Texas Tech than Washington
3: yeah. State. But I, I, like I said, I think more competition, too. How great would it be, though? Uh, for the show, I want him to go Leach to Texas Tech because it's more of a not that it's a high profile school. But I feel like, you know, we'll get more Mike Leach at that school than we will at Washington State. And he called the administrators when he left Texas Tech, he called the administrators felons and crooks on his way out. <laughs> and to think that he could be back at a school where he called these people felons and crooks because they didn't pay him the $2.5 he thinks he's still owed, uh, to, that he could go back to Lubbock. That would be I will be surprised if he, if he goes back. He's. I love the guy. He's such a great soundbite. He's so just wonderful. He's a Weirdo, uh, but he is a weirdo. But yeah. a damn good coach, though. Yeah, I get. He wins a lot. He won at Washington State. Won at Texas Tech. So uh, he knows what he's doing. It's offensive football. Absolutely. It is the Ben Maller show as we press on here, and we are going to have the Insta Advice Line Unscreened Radio. Real quick, though, let's say hello to Justin in Cincinnati. Hello, Justin. Are you there, Justin, in Cincinnati? So
10: you want Coop to keep in curse words on the podcast, yet I say one little word and you went with your Canadian friend. Well, I told you,
3: if I had not said, don't curse. You did not say anything about wait, 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 disqualifying. Wait, hold, on, hold on a second, Roberto. Yeah, now, we said it, it I, 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 I Within five minutes, you said a word you're not allowed to say.
10: I don't trust Roberto. He's a part of the caravan,
3: so I don't. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, you guys missed it because you were, you know, he took time off. But me and what Roberto happened? were here, and we did a balderdash, and we had Justin in Cincinnati versus Jason in Ooh. Ottawa. How'd that go? And I said at the very beginning, I said, if either one of you two curse, they, they're disqualified, the other person wins. Within two minutes, uh, Justin uh, drops an S bomb. We had to dump him. That's it. He loses. And he claims that it was some kind of grand conspiracy. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Why
6: why would there be a conspiracy? I
3: don't care who wins. Who cares? It's a game show. It doesn't matter to me. It's irrelevant who wins these things. But he's all upset. Loser. He's he's a potty mouth. He can't keep his mouth clean for five minutes. Racist. He screwed up. He effed up. He's a loser. And he, you know, he doesn't want to take responsibility. How about accountability for your actions? Bingo. The instant advice line. Next.
6: Almost all talk shows sound the same after a while. Think of us as a sports talk oasis from the mundane. The Ben Mauer Show Facebook page is our own unique meeting place with over 2 billion of our closest friends, most of whom ignore us please take a second to like our page go to facebook.com slash ben maller show now live from the geico fox sports radio studios it's ben maller
5: hey you sports figure guy or girl who the hell are you talking to son here's some instant advice
7: hold that thought no one's paid attention to me for 10 whole seconds and if you don't like it screw you
3: and away we go. It's the Insta-Advice Line on screen radio. The safety net is off. Now, who needs advice? We're going to change it up a little bit. We haven't done a full mile on this because it's an NFL-heavy show. But one of the great stories of the weekend, the Ohio State-Michigan game. And you talk about being boat raced. The Wolverines, who were favored in this game against the Ohio State University, had no chance. No chance, and this adds to the woes of Jim Harbaugh. Many people pointing out the frailties of Harbaugh as the coach at Michigan and his record, despite many, many wins in five years. There are uh, five years on the job. You're five now. 0-4 against Ohio State, 2-7 and against the big rivals. Michigan, 1-9 against opponents ranked in the top 12, 0-5 oh against top 20 opponents on the road. They've lost Michigan by an average of 15 points, but the big one, the record against the Ohio State University. So, what is your advice to Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan coach there, and to the phones we go, unscreened phone calls, 877-99 on Fox, you on line one. Hello, line one. You're live on the air. Line one, your advice to Jim Harbaugh, line one.
4: Like, are we sure Mr. Wonderful isn't like Mr. Loser?
3: All right, line two, you're on the air. Advice to Jim Harbaugh, line two. Uh, The Buckeyes just scored again, Ben. Yes, they did. Line three. <laughs> hey, the guy's not wrong. Line three, you're on the air. Hello. The CFL report is dead. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Thank you, Jesus. You, you're next. Advice, please, to Jim Harbaugh, one in nine against opponents ranked in the top 12 at Michigan. But wait. Smoke more. Okay, thank you. That's a PSA. Line five, you're on the air. Hello, line five.
13: The Buckeyes will be in the playoffs.
3: Yes. Uh, lines. That's. I, I know who that was. That was that annoying guy from Ohio. Line six. Hello. You're on the air. Go. Bye, Bitcoin. PayPal. Lead man, hippie. Line
11: one. Hello. Line one. Yeah, Ben, since he can't discover how to beat Ohio
9: State, he needs a Discover card because we treat you like you. Treat <laughs>
3: you. <laughs> yes, and Discover card, let me tell you something. That's a great credit card, and you can, <laughs> you can check your credit. It won't ding you. You, know, you Usually you check your credit. They ding you a little bit, but Discover card, check it out. Line two, you're on the air. Hello, line two. Advice to Jim Harbaugh. Never heard of him, Ben. All right, I understand completely. Never heard of them. Line three, you're on the air. Advice to Jim Harbaugh. He is now 0-4 at Michigan against The Ohio State University. Come to New England
12: where Kraft pays the refs, and they get every call imaginable.
13: There
3: you go. That's that dweeb in Maine. Line four, you're on the air. Hello, line four. Remember, Dwight Howard, you
8: always pay more for the weird
3: stuff. All right. I don't know what you're talking about. Random line. Oh, hi, ben. Is that true? Random line. Yeah, so Cowboy John Brad. Well my maternal uncle William Turner
11: died forty eight years ago today and Jim Harbaugh boy up, lad. Herbert Meyer Meyer Herbert Meyer Herbert Meyer
3: Line one, you are next on the air advice to Jim Harbaugh. Line one.
8: Oh uh, yes, Ben. I was at the game and when it ended, I went up to Jim Harbaugh, the coach of the school up north, and said a message
11: from Ben Maller. You hang up on yourself, Ben Maller.
3: <laughs> you hang up on yourself, Ben <laughs> Line two, you're on the air. Line two, go.
9: Just win, baby.
3: Yeah. Okay. Uh, line three, that's the you. Of the we'll do a couple more. Line three, advice to Jim Harbaugh. Line three. Spend a weekend with Bella. Hey, that's angry Bell. We'll do one uh, more. I wonder we'll what take happened. Take that in your pooper and pop it. <laughs> yeah. Dude. One more and only one more. If it's good, I'll take credit. If not, I'll blame the Koopaloo. Pick the final call, Coop. Line four. Line four. The last call. The advice line for Jim Harbaugh. Line four. You're on the air. Go. Took us. Took us. Took us. Oh, took us, took us. Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah.
3: Took it, Got a murder. Got to go. Took us, man. What a way to end it. Fox
5: Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
3: Staying alive—that's the story in the Mile High City. The Broncos pull a surprise, one of these surprises, in the weekend that was, the weekend that is, in the NFL. But do they really have a chance? The Broncos are still under 500 after beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. Welcome in the beginning of another hour. It's the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere. The vast Fox Sports Radio network emanating live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Just visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So Ben Roethlisberger, the magic slipper, turned into stone, did not get the the touchdown pass late like he did in Jacksonville, the the big plays he made a week ago. Ben Roethlisberger uh, did not happen. In Denver, his attempt at the game-tying touchdown pass intercepted in the end zone. The Broncos beat the Steelers 24-17, to improving to 5-6 and six on the season. The Broncos currently find themselves, if you look at the AFC, they're the 11th. See, they're tied with the Bengals, who they play, and the Dolphins also at 5-6. and six, And possibly the Titans if Tennessee were to lose the Monday night game against Houston the Titans would also be 5 and 6 so they'd all be bottlenecked in the AFC uh and so so Denver is they're one game behind Baltimore the last team in the playoffs right now the Ravens one game behind but really more than that because you look at the way this all shakes down Denver lost head to head with Baltimore Indianapolis is also ahead of The Broncos, and the Colts have a winning record. Broncos are under 500, which does matter. Uh, It does matter. So after all of this, now back-to-back, belly-to-belly, wins over the Chargers and the Steelers, two of the elite teams this year in the NFL. Uh, There's a lot of optimism about Denver. Is this misplaced optimism? So let's discuss the question. You're going to buy or sell the Broncos sneaking in the back door of the AFC postseason, that final spot available. The last team, because really there's one spot, that's it, the last seed, the sixth seed. Other than that, these teams don't have a shot, realistically, barring a major slip by the Chargers or the Steelers. They'd have to lose a bunch of games, and the Steelers have a difficult schedule. I am going to go, uh, my perspective on this, you've got masquerading, the holding pattern, and peaking. And we'll link all this together. Now, A, many are looking at the Broncos now. now. They're using flawed logic. They're saying this is the hot hand here. That the, the Broncos are the it team now. They've shown that those early season blues, are, which really weren't even early season blues. If you if followed the Broncos this year, you know that they got off to an okay start. The problem the Broncos had was after those first couple of weeks, it all went away. They won their first two games. They beat Seattle. The Broncos did. They came back and beat the Raiders. And then, ever since then, at the, the next stretch of games, the Broncos lost six out of their next seven. And now they've won two in a row, so they would have to win out. And they still have games against the Bengals this coming week, 49ers, Browns, Raiders, and then they close it out with the Chargers in Denver. Uh, but here, here's the thing about the Broncos. This is the same squad that lost to the Jets on the road, and also Joe Flacco's Baltimore Ravens. The Jets put a can of whoop-ass on the Broncos. That was back in week five. You say, well, now we're past week 12. We're heading into week 13 in the NFL. You play the Yabit game and all that. Uh, I just can't take a team that lost by over two touchdowns to the Jets seriously. The Jets are an abomination. I can't. I can't get over that. I have a mental illness. I can't get over that. And you know who doesn't take the Broncos seriously? Vegas doesn't take the Broncos seriously. The the guys that make the point spread, they don't think the Broncos are legit. Now, what's my evidence that the Broncos are not legit in the eyes of Vegas? Let's go to the point spread. Now, the game's off the board now because of Andy Dalton's injury status. However, it was briefly up. And when the game was on the board, the Cincinnati Bengals were a a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Broncos. Again, the game's off the board now, but it did briefly pop up, and Denver was a a two-and-a-half-point underdog at Cincinnati. The same Bengals who got crushed by the Cleveland Browns. So, life comes at you fast. Now, does Denver have a very soft schedule? We mentioned the schedule. Yes, absolutely. Final five games are against teams that suck, mostly the 49ers, the Browns, the Raiders. And the problem, though, is, again, the Broncos can lose to any one of those teams. The Broncos barely beat the Raiders. That was back when the Raiders were trying. Uh, The the Browns are more than capable of going into Denver and winning. And even the terrible 49ers, the Broncos' formula is to get three, four turnovers from the other team— That is not a sustainable formula uh, for the Broncos. And Case Keenum, you look at him, they just don't – they're not an attractive team, the Broncos. Case Keenum is a backup masquerading as a starter. Uh, Again, this game, 197 yards. He barely completed 50% of his passes in this game. And the Broncos, for all this great talk about their defense, the last two weeks they've given up over 400 yards passing to Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger. The great equalizers were the turnovers. And – James Conner, we we found his Achilles heel for Pittsburgh. He's turned the ball over a bunch of this season. And Pittsburgh had four turnovers, two fumbles deep in Broncos territory, a couple of interceptions, including the interception by Roethlisberger in the end zone. So the Steelers left at least three touchdowns on the field. If the Broncos can get that to happen the rest of the year where teams leave three or four touchdowns, then they'll make the playoffs. Then they'll make the playoffs. Of course, it's Not going to happen. Now, the second thing here, Denver's late-season push, which is being hyped up because of these back-to-back wins, let's say it does play out. Let's say everything's rainbows and lollipops and sunshine in the Mile High City. And the Broncos run the tape. They win out. Guess what? That's bad. That does more long-term damage. The same argument we made about the Dallas Cowboys applies to the Denver Broncos. Denver is not an elite football team. They are kidding themselves. And so if they somehow sneak into the playoffs here, then what have they done? They're going to keep Vance Joseph. He'll keep the gig. And he's not a great coach. They'll keep him around. And so essentially the Broncos will stay in that second the third-tier holding pattern, and they'll do more long-term damage than if they went out and made the changes necessary. I mean, Keenum is a placeholder. John Elway has had the opposite of the Midas touch, the Saddam touch, when it comes to getting quarterbacks. And so they said, we'll get a veteran, we'll bring in a veteran. Keenum's just temporarily there, but the Broncos, the more games they win, the worse the draft pick is, et cetera, et cetera. Now the Broncos would likely be better off signing a veteran quarterback or trading for one of these questionable quarterbacks somewhere else and giving that player a new opportunity. But the point is that the Broncos, they don't pass the eyeball test. They don't. And you look at the schedule. It is a workable schedule. It's a workable schedule, but again, they can the Broncos could lose to any one of these weak cupcakes that they play the rest of the way. Now, parting shot on this, the real intrigue, which is being lost in all this, is what happens at the top of the AFC. That's the real interesting fallout from the Steelers losing. Now, the Steelers play the Chargers this coming week, and the Chargers are going to be shorthanded. They're not going to have all of their weaponry. And that game is in Pittsburgh. But let's say Pittsburgh were to lose that game. It's possible that Phillip Rivers could light up the Pittsburgh Steelers. That would be their fourth loss, and that would change a whole bunch of stuff. Right now the Steelers drop down to the number four seed. The Texans, for the time being, are the number three seed in the AFC. And all this matters because Pittsburgh was the number two seed. You want to get those top two seeds, right? You know how this works. You've been a fan of the NFL for a long time. Top two teams don't play the first weekend. They're off for the wild card round. The highest seeds in each conference do not have to play wild card weekend. And they get to the buy. and then they come back in the divisional round. So right now the Patriots have slid up to the number two seed, uh, in number two line, and they've got the Vikings and the Steelers. Those are the toughest games the Patriots have left. They have to go to Pittsburgh. But if the Steelers lose to the Chargers, that makes that game less relevant and the Vikings have to go to Foxborough, and then the rest of the Patriots' schedule is the hostess schedule. Dolphins, Jets, Bills, a bunch of second-rate outfits that the Patriots are going to be able to beat up on, as they usually do, in the AFC East. So this has been a very productive weekend for the Patriots. Not only did they beat the Jets, but the Steelers losing. And so the Patriots now are in that number Two spot, and even if the Texans tie them, the tiebreaker head to head goes to the Patriots because of that week one game in Foxborough. So, the Patriots, if they win out, they will end up as the number two seed at worst. And if Kansas City were to stumble and the Chiefs still have to play at Seattle, they have the Chargers coming to Arrowhead. Patriots could end up the number one seed again in the AFC. All right, it's Ben Maller's show on Fox. We say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia. So the Steelers not exactly peaking, right? They, they were peaking before this game because people say, oh, they're never going to lose again and all that stuff. And then they lose. People were saying that? Yes. I don't think anyone was saying that. The magic in Jacksonville, well, if you can come back down that late I think, I think. with two, you know, a couple of scores late, then they, how, who's going to beat them? I, I think was Eddie was
6: saying that. Yeah. I, I did not say that. Believe you did. No, we have I the, go to the audio. Play it's, the audio, yeah, play Roberto, the audio, Roberto. Play Roberto. the audio,
3: Robert. Well, you weren't even here most of the last week, so yeah. who knows? Took it off. Corporate Eddie. Yeah,
6: absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I agree with pretty much everything you said about the Broncos. So if I if yeah, I will give my time that you usually give me here to uh to give my thoughts on things over to the Coupe de Loop if you would like to rebut anything you, you said there.
7: Apparently not. Okay. They absolutely have a good possibility of winning out. And if they win out, they're in the playoffs. That's period. That's all there is to say about it. But they're not going to go you, anywhere. You would
6: agree, though, that the last two wins have been handed to them on a silver platter, yes? No.
3: Why, why would you ask him that? You know he's. what you know what? I does. thought he would be a realistic fan. He thinks
7: the Lakers this are going to win the championship. This is, this is ridiculous. I hate this. Like, oh, well, if it weren't for the turnovers. Yeah, you know what? Turnovers, like, they happen. They're called... Takeaways just as much as they are turnovers. Those like,
6: turnovers were not the result of a great play by the Broncos. They were the result of giving the ball away. If you were forcing turnovers, if you were pressuring the quarterback, you know, if you hit him and it goes up in the air and you pick it off, that's a forced turnover. That's not what you got in this game against the Steelers.
7: It's not?
3: No. That last one was, there were like three Bronco players that I don't know what the hell Roethlisberger was doing that last. That yeah, was a horrible,
6: horrible decision. Even if the big fat guy doesn't pick it off, the defensive back covering Antonio Brown intercepts it. It was a, ter- it was a terrible decision. He gave it to you.
3: It was good coverage. Yeah. This is where the Broncos lose to the Bengals.
7: They'll go out and lose to Cincinnati, and then we'll be, oh. please. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You look I- at every team ahead of the Broncos, and they've got they've got losses. You obvious losses on their schedule. The Broncos. I don't I don't see any obvious losses on there. Oh, okay. Oh. Of course 2 weeks ago you were you were not saying any of this. okay. So. well, I didn't think that they would be able to come in and yeah. win back-to-back games against, you know, hot teams, big, you know, great yeah. teams in the in the league. Yeah. If you lose to the Jets, you can lose to the 49ers, Bengals and Raiders. You can lose to all those teams. The Jets are terrible. Some yeah, players. but just as easily you can go back and look at their schedule and you can point out the loss to the Jets, but then you can point out the really close games against the best teams in the league.
3: It, bad teams lose close games. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's one of the great misnomers. The Niners and the Raiders one, are terrible. They're not going to lose. One of the, one the, one to one those of the great mistakes teams. many stupid fans make is, well, we lost close games. That doesn't mean you're a good team, that just means you lost close games. Good teams win close games, bad teams lose close games. That's usually how it works. All right, anyway, it's the the Ben Maller Show on Fox. If you would like to be part, 877-99 on Fox, 877 We go to Miami, and Weed Man Hippie is on Fox Sports Radio. You won't be able to understand pretty much anything he says because his phone is terrible. Hello, Weed Man Hippie. Oh, he's not paying attention. Let's see here. Let's uh, Can we make a uh... – he always gets upset. Coop is talking. Now, Weedman often says, he says, hey, I listen to every second of every show, and whenever you need me, you can go to me. That's what he often says. Except right now. Except right now because he's not paying attention. So. Is he listening to the radio? No, he's not listening to us. I don't know. Right, we're going to hang up on him. So that opens a line up for you. 877-99 on Fox. 877 996 6369 99 on Fox. If you would like to be part of the radio program, it's not the peacemaker, it's the pacemaker. We'll get to that. We'll do it next. On the Ben Maller Show, we
6: specialize in sarcasm, snark, and satire, all things needed to survive the shady late night characters on twitter let your thoughts be heard by the masses under the cover of the microblogging website and follow ben on twitter he's at ben mallor and you can tweet at and follow our technical producer he plays all the music and most funny sound bites in the ben show his first name is roberto his last name is flores you can follow matt raider underscore rob 24 and there's a mexican roberto
3: And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it's Ben Maller. So over the weekend, we had a 74-72 college football game. Texas A&M got the win over LSU. Not the number one trending topic on Saturday, though. That was Dwight Howard. But in this game, after it ended at College Station, there was a rhubarb that took place, and it it happened shortly after the game. And in that dust-up, this is where it gets interesting. Uh, Steve Craigthorpe of uh, the LSU sideline was hit in his pacemaker. Uh, now, he's, he Uh-oh. was diagnosed with Parkinson's Who? disease in 2011 and had the pacemaker implanted in 2017. He was punched in the chest by a mystery man, a credentialed man from the Texas <laughs> A&M sideline. In a phone interview, Craigthorpe said that while he drove by, he was driving home from the game on Sunday afternoon. He said, I, I didn't go down, but I clutched over. I was like, damn, he got me right in my pacemaker. Then it started fluttering like he jostled it. Oh, no. Now, we don't know who did it, but there is a report that identified a nephew of Aggie coach Jimbo Fisher that could have been the one that threw the punch. There are photos of the person that threw the punch. In the fight on the sidelines, but that part has not yet been confirmed. Now, if you get a hit in the pacemaker, there's a chance that could be it. Lights out, game Go! over. See you later. Imagine if that had been the outcome of this. Think about, jeez, that's unreal, man. Yeah, that's nuts, man. And if it was actually uh, the head Jimbo Fisher's uh, nephew. That was on the sidelines there. Now, someone from Texas A&M uh, said, I don't know who this person is, meaning the nephew of Jimbo Fisher. But Kevin Falk, who used to play for the Patriots, he's the he's involved in LSU. He's a director of player development. He got into it. He was involved in the altercation. He said he came to the defense of Craig Thorpe, who does some broadcasting for LSU, After this went down. But it was a wild scene, man. The clip. It was like, wow. There were were tempers flaring on everywhere. People were upset. Punches were flying. Kind of like when we talked to Marcel in Brooklyn. Hello, Marcel. In Brooklyn. In the house. Hello.
13: Hey, I'm finally back from Thanksgiving in New Jersey. Our neighbors of the Hudson River. It's going to be very blast. Mr. Maller.
3: Yeah, okay, very nice.
13: Scooby, scooby, dooby doo. Okay, calm down. <laughs> Com-
3: calm down. How can we help you, Marcel?
13: Yeah, I saw that Big 12's Seahawks win against the Panthers. It's going to be very awesome. Russell Wilson, he is on the move. <laughs> he is definitely on the move. And most Seattle fans are very happy for very of them, including myself and Brian Brickley. What? But for our neighbors in the Carolinas, including the Queen City, not so very happy. But they'll be win next week in Week 13, or not? It will continue that bye week. Well,
3: that's a terrible. That's a. They'll win or not? What are we? What are we doing here? What is going on with you? I feel like you've lost your way. I feel like I, you're just calling the call.
13: I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah.
3: You really don't – just admit you don't have much to say, but you just wanted to call up because you wanted to hear yourself on the radio. Just admit that.
13: For all of you, Mr. Maller, Eddie Garcia himself, and the entire Fox Sports Radio nationwide viewers, NFL coverage is on the
9: blast.
3: Yeah, Is that your new word of the week, blast, on the blast? Is that... That's right. All right. Thank you, Marcel. Tremendous phone call. Let's go to Steve in Southern California. Who's next? Hello, Steve. Hey,
4: Ben Maller. I have to call and apologize. I called you last Friday, um, Friday and am honest you about your picks for the, the Thanksgiving Day game. Yes, you didn't cost me four hundred dollars. I, I, I apologize to you, Ben Maller. I really do. No, no, My- this was
3: fun. I I came back. I did pretty well on Sunday. I did very well in the early television window. Did not do so well in the late television window, but. Did you have the Vikings? So I was happy. Overall, I was pleased with my body of work for Sunday.
4: Oh, I know you were. I did an 18 parlay on your bets. And, you know, I, I kind of agree with you about that Nostromala kind of that deal. You predict what should happen, not what's going to happen. You can't predict that Cincinnati's going to turtle up in the fetal position for three quarters straight before exactly. they finally decide to play football.
3: Well, I did actually have the Browns in that game, but I did not expect the Bengals to roll over and play dead the way they did. Oh, I, must have, mis-
4: I must have misheard that on the podcast. My fault, Ben Mallard. I said, then, I, then, yeah. then you actually would have won me money. I'm sorry. I would have won $1,600. Yeah, you got to listen closely. I said, I said, ben ben I said
3: the Browns were going to end their win- their their losing streak on the road. I said that.
4: Bad oh, job I must you. have misheard it. I'm sorry, Ben Mallard. But, yeah. but I also have to say, though, the only reason I didn't lose $400 is my wife actually bet every opposite of what I wanted her to bet against you. And actually, I ended up winning $400. So she said she did it on purpose. And I, I, she doesn't know anything about football. So I think it was just all accident. But, but I, I, I think well, she, she well, You You she realize, though, like if you,
3: every time you make a bet, if your wife bets the opposite, in the long run. That's not – you're not going to come well, out
4: ahead on that. You understand that, I, yes? I didn't, I didn't make the bet. She made it for me, and that's why I didn't, I didn't actually get the bet that you made in. She made a bet against you and ended up winning $400, so I have to thank her. And I have to apologize to you because actually you yeah, didn't lose okay. $400. Oh, she bet against All you All right, and won. so
3: good. So I get a cut of that. I get my 10%. You can send that to the Fox Sports Radio Studios, care of the Ben Maller Show in Sherman Oaks, California. We'll take that. Thank you very much. All right. All yeah, right. thank you, Go away. Uh, let's go to uh, real quick. Let's say hello to Dick in Dayton, who's next. The Battle of Ohio, Dick in Dayton. You're Browns. They got the win, Dick in Dayton. You got to be happy.
11: Good morning, Ben and everybody. Oh, what a game, Ben. Yeah, did, what a game. Did you watch it? No, I heard a little bit of it. But, okay. boy, <laughs> all right. this Do Baker Mayfield has to be the, the quarterback of the Browns,
3: you know? Well, he is the quarterback. He's not going anywhere. Now, Dick and Dayton, you work at Lowe's, of course, and you're there, and Sunday's a big day in Lowe's, and you've got. Yes. Yeah, so you can't be taking Sunday off to watch a football game.
11: Well, they have a little, you know, from break. When I saw it, it was 35 to 20.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it was. It, well, that was the final score, it was 35. It yeah. was 28 to nothing, though, at one point. The Browns. I just... got breaking news, Ben. Breaking news, breaking news from Dick in Dayton.
11: Guess what I played Friday? Uh,
3: the Kettering Banjo Society? Do they have a surprise performance?
11: No, I played Santa Claus, Ben. You did?
3: Oh, wow. that's great. Congratulations. And
11: most people there, the little boy, you know, and the little girl... Uh, come up to me and talked, and yeah. I got a lot of pictures taken. I'll have
3: to send them to you. Now, did you have the full outfit? You had the beard, the glasses, the hat, the whole thing. So The whole thing. So Santa Claus in, in Ohio there, in Dayton, Ohio, was Dick uh, from uh, from Dayton right there. Dick from Dayton. Yeah, that's great. Congratulations. It was good. Yeah, you made, you made all the kids really happy. They love Santa Claus. Their, their eyes got really big. They're like, wow, this is really Santa Claus. No, it's just Dick in Dayton. That's all. Yeah. Do you know
11: what else? What's that? I was shocked about the Buckeyes. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, yeah. What uh, a game!
6: Then did you watch that game, Dick?
11: I saw
3: parts of it. Oh, okay. I saw the it. highlights. Yeah. yeah, I understand. Well, the man's a busy guy, Eddie. He can't be, he's again, Clearly. sitting around watching these games on TV. And the Kettering Banjo Society, you're taking a break, though, till next year, though, right, the Kettering Banjo Society?
11: Uh, we have practice tonight. We have our Christmas party December 3rd, oh. and then we play at the Clifton Opera House again.
3: That is going to be a big, when the Kettering Banjo Society has a Christmas party, that's better than ours. Our company Christmas party here is like at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, For one hour. and right, Isn't that usually how they do it, Eddie? It's like 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's like a one-hour Christmas party now.
6: Yeah, it's like a lunch across the street. Yeah, I never go. No, I'm not coming down here during the day.
3: Yeah, I come down here once for my shift. I don't come down here any other time. All right, well, Dick and Dayton, thank you, buddy. I got to go. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, there he goes, Dick and Dayton. Where he goes, nobody knows. Santa Dick in Dayton right there. That's just wonderful. Just marvelous we will press on. It is the Ben Maller Show on Fox. Later this hour, we're going to have coach, player, entertainer. We'll get to that right now, though, from the Fox Sports Radio Studios, made possible by Geico, Eddie Garcia with the latest. Eddie.
6: And let's give you uh, all the scores and some notes from the Sunday's action. Week 12 of the NFL, and we start Sunday night with the Vikings getting a much-needed win over the Packers, 24-17. to in an AFC North clash, Kirk Cousins 342 yards passing, three touchdowns for Minnesota. They improved to six four and one. On the air right now, they are holding a wild-card spot in the NFC. Green Bay is now 4-6-1 with the loss and 0-6 on the road. Late action, Broncos beat the Steelers 24-17. Pittsburgh had four turnovers, Denver had none. Six-game winning streak for the Steelers comes to an end. They're now 7-3-1 on the season. Chargers over the Cardinals 45-10. LA now 8-3 on the year. And quarterback Phillip Rivers completed 25 consecutive passes to start the game. Finished 28-20 29 passing with three touchdowns. Colts over the Dolphins 27-24 on a last-second field goal. Quarterback Andrew Luck had three touchdown passes for the eighth straight game. Indy's now won five in a row. They're six and five on the season. Early action, Browns over the Bengals in Cincinnati, 35-20 as Cleveland snaps a 25-game road. Losing streak, Baker Mayfield, four touchdown passes in the win for Cleveland. Seahawks on a late field goal, beat the Panthers 30-27. That's Carolina's first home loss of the year. Eagles also get a late field goal to edge the Giants 25-22. Patriots improved to 8-3 and three with a 27-13 win over the Jets. Tom Brady, 283 yards passing, two scores. He passes Peyton Manning to become the all-time passing leader in NFL history. Ravens over the Raiders 34-17. Baltimore now 2-0 with rookie Lamar Jackson as their starting quarterback. And they improve to 6-5 on the season. Bills beat the Jaguars 24-21. That's seven straight losses now for Jacksonville. And the Buccaneers beat the 49ers 27-9. San Francisco 0-6 on the road this season. This report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit TrueCar and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And Ben, the NHL season continues tonight with the Toronto Maple Leafs hosting the Boston Bruins. At seven o'clock Eastern time, it's our Discover Card key matchup. Speaking of matchups, become a new card member and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply.
3: All right, Spam out of the show we press on here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. On your car insurance, just visit geico.com for a free rate quote. A lot of people excited about Ryan Tannehill coming back, thinking the Dolphins were going to be much better with Tannehill. Here's a fun fact. Uh, there were a couple of big plays the Dolphins had against the Colts, two of them in particular, broken coverage plays, if you will, uh, by by Indianapolis. One of them was just a, a kind of a toss-it-up situation. On those two throws, Tannehill passed for 107 yards and two touchdowns on these big pass plays. The rest of the game against the Colts, Tannehill attempted 23 passes, completed 15 of them for 97 yards and no scores the rest of the day. So two passes where it was kind of fluky things took place, Uh, two touchdowns, 107 yards. The rest of the game, 97 total yards passing. I do not believe that's effective quarterback play. I do not believe that's, uh, that's good. I do not think so. Let's go to, uh, let's see, a uh, hollering James in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hello, hollering James in Minnesota. Hello, Ben. Yes, hi, James. How can we help you, buddy? Ah, you
9: can help me very much by talking about Kirk Cousins. He's my cousin. He's your cousin. He's everybody's cousin.
3: Not my cousin. Although we are, well, we are sleep number cousins, so in a way we are related. We both sleep on sleep number beds. Although I, I believe I believe he gets paid a little bit more than I get paid to tell you about sleep
4: number. Yeah,
9: yeah but you're making good money, Ben, and that's Christmas time. Send me a gift. Send me another golden ticket. Because that's the only way I can get on the air is we'll be spending these golden nah, tickets. No, nah, don't
3: be like Weed Man Hippie and beg for stuff. You're better than that. You're hollering James. You don't need to beg for stuff. You're a legend. I'm a legend in my own mind like Larry Sabisco.
4: <laughs> yeah,
9: right. hey, it's a blast talking to you though, you know, even on this cell phone, but I'm keeping my neighbors up.
3: Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm glad you're there. All right, I gotta go Thank you, James. I appreciate hey. Yeah. All right, there you go. Uh, great. I'm flattered that many people have nothing to say, but they still call up. It means a lot. They just want to check in and it's wonderful. Go to a Weed Man call back. Weed Man Hippie. Hello, Weed Man. Why
11: are you going for me during your model? I was microwaving some brief microwave food, and now you to hang up on me, and now I don't know if I cooked it twice like you're supposed to. Uh-oh.
3: Well, just cook it again then.
9: Ben, my life is a Bible story. Oh, oh, Karina recorded 20 seconds. Listen to this. How... So, I'm from Scotland. My name's Karina. Come along and have an argument with well, the weird man Hippie tonight on the Ben Maller show. He's going to argue about God, about work, about sex, about money, about racism. There isn't anything that he is not going to talk about. Basically, if you're not here, you're not there. Are
3: you now creating promos? You're now creating promos for your appearances. Is that what you do? Yes, I
11: Ben. You know i got to understand? You are documenting live, my life struggle. I yearned to do this with you when I was in jail years ago, and that's how we first got together, because the first thing I did when I magically got out of jail was call you, and I've been calling you every night ever since, Ben. It's yeah. my responsibility to God to
3: share my Bible story, this What's going on here? What
7: are, what are, what are, is Mercury still in retrograde? What what do we got going on here? He actually brings something up that I'm kind of curious about. Like, did we ever find out? Because he just kind of came out of nowhere, Weed Man hippie. Like, just all of a sudden one day he called up and now he's like an everyday caller character on the show. Yeah. Was, was, was he just kind of browsing the radio dials? How how did he
3: I, I know what he told me was he listened to the show when he was first became homeless, and he would listen. He never called, and then I don't know why he... All right, let me ask. Weedman, why did you start calling? Because you used to listen, and you didn't call when you used to listen before.
11: Because it's so important to me that I don't talk to one person. I'm trying to change the world and lift, raise the vibration.
3: So you don't, you never get a straight answer. <laughs> you get all that. You don't. You just ask a specific question. He can't give you a straight answer. It doesn't happen. So, all
11: right. My Cuban neighbor in a wheelchair gives me weed.
3: I do remember the first few times that Weedman called the show, and I was convinced he called from. It was Billy from South Beach, and I was convinced that Billy from South Beach was not a real person. That we were getting punked. This was, I don't a know thing. why
6: you would think that, Ben. Yeah,
3: I'm still not sure that that's a real person. What do you think? Space alien. Yeah, but I never thought Jeannie in Medford was a real person, and she called for many, many years also. So, did I miss Come anything? On in, man. Hi, Jeannie. Uh, did
6: I miss anything while I was gone with Weedman? Because he said he was microwaving something. How is he microwaving something? Is well, he he's found got a, a place to stay,
3: he's got a temporary place to stay I now. See. He got a kicked out of. Our friend Dum Dum Trucks place. Yes, I did know that. And then somebody else sent him money to stay at a place. And now he's getting another place, but not till Tuesday. So he's going to get another place to stay, which will be his permanent place on Tuesday. Wow. I think that's everything. And all he has to his name is a bag of stuff. His entire life is a bag. That everything you know, that thing that the, the, the book that hippies read about your entire life in a backpack. Weed man, not by choice, is living that life right now. His entire life is in a backpack.
6: Well, some would say it is by
3: choice. It's a fair point. You know, get a job, things like that. Doesn't want to do it. Coach, player, entertainer. I need a couple of contestants to play coach, player, entertainer. We'll take your phone calls. We'll do that. If you'd like to play, golden opportunity to get a fast pass the the golden ticket we'll get to that 87799 on fox if you want to play coach player entertainer next
6: the only thing better than listening to the Ben Maller show live on the radio is to hear it again at your convenience on demand. The Ben Maller show podcast is moving up the charts. Unless it's not support our little radio show by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and giving us five stars. It'll help keep the show growing and pacify our bosses. Now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it's Ben Maller.
5: Ready? Put on your thinking caps. Hi,
0: my name is. What?
5: Time to identify. My name is. Is it a coach, player,
3: or entertainer? And it is time yet again for Coach, Player, Entertainer. We have our contestants lined up. First of all, from Kentucky, we say hello to Tyler. Hello, Tyler. What's going on? Ben. Welcome. What, what are you doing in Kentucky, Tyler?
4: Uh, I work at an uh, aluminum plant.
3: Oh, cool. You just starting your day, or what's going on? No, I just got off. I'm uh, heading home. Oh, you have terrible hours like I have. That's
4: good. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, bad hours, but. Yeah. All
3: right. How much sleep do you get during the day? Because I'm a bad sleeper during the week. I make up for it on the weekend, but I don't get too much sleep during the week. Because I, I feel like I'm missing out on everything, you
4: know? Yeah, I only get about five hours yeah. during the week. And then on the weekend, like you said, I'll, I'll, I'll catch up.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. I, I'm I'm like four. I'm like four. If I if I go four and a half, I feel like I've gotten too much sleep during the week. Uh, all right, hold on a sec, Tyler. And we have hold on. A second, let me put you on hold there. And Reed in Augusta. Hello, Reed. Hey, how are you? Welcome. What do you do for a living, Reed? Uh, anesthesia. Anesthesia. Oh, you put people under. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, yes, sir. Yeah. M- Make it
10: hard for people to have arguments with you. That's
3: a good point. Yeah. You know, just the proper dose there, and if you put you don't you can't give them too much, or they won't uh, they won't wake up. That's the yeah. I got you. All oh, absolutely. All right, hold on a sec Reed, so we got Reed and John, and this uh, game, of course, coach, player, entertainer, brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you. All right, we'll put you both on the air. Let me put Tyler here on line three. You're there, and Reed over here. All right, gentlemen, good luck. The way this works, I will say either a coach, player, entertainer. I'll say a name. And the answer is either coach, player, or entertainer. Your name is your buzzer. So if you know the answer, you say your name, and that is how I know you know the answer. And then you will say either a coach, player, or entertainer. For example, if I just – I'll say Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers, longtime NBA coach of the Clippers. You'd say coach. You get six points. For an extra seventh point, you would say he coaches the Clippers. You get the full seven points. All right, good luck to you guys. It's coach, player, entertainer, and we are on our way. First name up, Diego Luna, coach, player, entertainer. Anybody? Reed. Reed. I'm going to say coach. Diego Luna. Is Diego Luna a coach? Uh, no. Soccer coach. No. No. Uh Actor, Star Wars, a bunch of other stuff, but not ah. – Not a coach. It's coach, player, entertainer. And the next name up for us, Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd Pierce, coach, player, entertainer. Tyler. Tyler. Player. Player. Uh, No, that is incorrect. Uh, Lloyd Pierce. I say this name every week because I'm fascinated by it. He's the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks, who have the worst record in the NBA, Lloyd Pierce. It's coach, player, entertainer. The next name up for us. Jalen Samuels Jalen Samuels Tyler Tyler
4: player he's uh the running back for Pittsburgh
3: wow look at that he got it right the full seven points good job by you Tyler put it on the board yeah way to go it's coach player entertainer the next name up for us Harrison Barnes Tyler free Tyler
4: uh he is the uh Small forward for the Dallas Mavericks. He's a player.
3: Look at that. You're right again. That is correct. Good job by you. Harrison's one of those names that could be a golfer, though, also. right? Anything Harrison, you think a golfer. All right, it's Coach Player Entertainer. The next name up for us, Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. Ooh. Reed.
10: Reed. I'm going to say Entertainer.
3: Entertainer. Is he right? Yeah, the, the three-name thing. It's either entertainer or golfer, typically. Uh, fantastic uh, four. Wait, you didn't even answer. I didn't give you a chance. All right, let's keep it going real quick. One more. David Dahl. David Dahl, D-A-H-L. Anybody, anybody, quickly. Reed. Coach, Coach player, entertainer. Reed. Coach. Uh, no, a player. We're out of time, Coop, real quick. What's the score? Who won the game? Tyler wins 14-6. to 6. Tyler, you win a golden ticket. To Got to go. Good game, guys. Good game.